You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. We're good to go. This is like like probably the first time we haven't had like a drop in, and we're gonna like do the intro from a dead stop. Uh, we're gonna do it professionally today. <laughs> oh. Hey, what's that supposed to mean? It's supposed to mean you're unprofessional. That's what I'm saying. That is exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. But that's what makes it charming, okay, cool. Gordo. <laughs> All right, all right. This Welcome. Is, this is homemade. This is artisanal. <laughs> this is this is artisanal this homemade podcast. This is like podcast. Granny's peanut brittle. That's what this is like. <laughs> this is like Granny's peanut brittle and questionable political opinions. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Welcome to the motherfucking podcast, episode number eighty-three. 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 Man, We're closing in. It's a lot of talking. We're gonna hit, dude. Um. So well, you know, this guy knows how to talk. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, Spotify is is putting out their yearly like wrap year up end. things. Yeah, yeah. So they have like the listener one, uh, which which everybody's been doing. But then they have the band one, which you know we posted and and our our numbers were pretty good this year, especially considering realistically we didn't do a ton because mm-hmm. I was getting ready for baby time. Yeah. Um, but then they also did. They did like kind of a beta run of uh, the numbers for podcasters, mm-hmm. and um, man, just off of Spotify alone, you know, we saw good growth, we saw good listens and whatnot, and and one of the numbers I remember is it's like something like five thousand hours worth of podcast that we put out this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like and it's like a lot. Of a lot of talking, man. That's, that's like that's like a li- that's a life story. Wait, was it five thousand yeah. hours <laughs> right. or was right. it five thousand minutes? Biopic. I'm not sure. I I don't know. That I, is a big difference. I would assume it's five true. million. Honestly, five million <laughs> seconds. That's what, it's, what it feels con- like conservatively. Yes. Is, is there some <laughs> resentment building, Gordo? <laughs> Are you just like sitting at home editing these, just going, just like long silence, and then. God, I wish he'd shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, I have some fun editing stories, but I'll save that for another time. Oh boy, oh man! I've, now you've piqued my curiosity. Shit, man. Fuck. Well, wel- welcome to episode number eighty-three of the motherfucking podcast. This is, of course, the official podcast of the international power rock combo, motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively. I'm Aaron Howell. Hi, I'm Gordo. Yeah, with me as always is Gordo, and uh, I'm stoked about this episode. Um, just spoiler alert: it's going to be very nerd centric. Nerd alert. It's going to be very comic centric. Glasses, yeah, man. <laughs> we're going to nerd out a little bit, and we're going to we're going to talk about comics, and and we'll probably talk a little bit about pop culture. We might even get into a little steamy local gossip and politics. I have some I have some things that I kind of want to talk about, and I don't know uh, anybody. yeah, things. So yeah, I'm no, just I here mean, to learn. I, I have I have some different thoughts in my mind, but I figured it, the reason I invited you on the show. By the way, our guest today. Creator of the Burning Metronome, 
graphic novel series. He's also the host of the Motherfucker in a Cape podcast. Some of you heard the episode that Jake and I did with Alan and uh, reposted on our podcast feed. Uh, Please welcome to the show a very talented and engaged and intelligent and charismatic and very likable, lovable guy with the smoothest voice lots of adjectives I was lots that. of adjectives that was, yeah. that was verbose if very uh, you know endorsing hey man right? I'm working on getting my 10,000 hours and falling in love with my own voice or, or, or 10,000 minutes yeah whichever. Ten, whichever one it is it's high I know that it's high uh, please welcome to the show R. Allen Brooks, aka Allen Brooks, aka Rodney Allen Brooks. Yeah. Thanks for Rodney. coming on the show. I didn't know that. Do you, pre- actually, do you yeah, prefer? Yeah. Do you prefer just Allen? Yeah, right? you can just call me. Allen. Yeah, just Allen. Yeah. Okay. Just call me. It's R. just it's just Allen Brooks is a very common name. So, right. So when people Google me, like I, Google alerts, I get like thousands. It's also but, a, so the like, R makes all the difference. The the initial is very literary. It does. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. It, it it reads as a pen name. It's uh, yeah. I've I've thought previously like yeah, it was smart that he did that. I like I like the <laughs> Victorian yeah. era like like whenever you think of a um, like whenever you think of of like somebody like like a like a steel magnate or something like that right. or a serial killer from Chicago you know H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes it's or like P.T. Um, Barnum or uh, you know people who have like the first initial and then their name mm-hmm. like they go by their middle name but like they're I like the initial combo does. I thought yeah. it was cool yeah. what yeah. about like the R. Allen P.T. Anderson though who then later when he grew up he doesn't go by P.T. Anderson anymore. Mm. How about P.T.'s show club, huh? <laughs> Fucking, aren't you glad? <laughs> this is this is the conversation I wanted to have. This is where I want this to aren't go. Aren't you glad they don't call it Paul Thompson's Paul Thomas's vagina. <laughs> the... Boob Emporium. Uh, that voice is a voice you've heard on the program before and someone you might recognize. Uh, a good friend of mine, a collaborator, very talented guy, uh, front man of the band Hail, Hail Satan, Satan, who is Looking for a bass player right now. Yeah, if by you're the listening way. to this and you play the bass guitar and you yeah. like to hang out with alcoholics, come <laughs> on down. You're really to, selling it. Who yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there uh, right away. You're gonna have to deal with alcohol consumption. Yeah, it's, I think it's yeah. important to get that out of the way. Well, yeah. Um, uh, also, creator of this is heavy metal and uh, my partner on the front lines of Good Times uh, graphic novel and motion comic series, and we're super proud of the release that we just put out. Yeah, yeah. And we're celebrating that. Uh, please. Welcome to the show, Jake Fairley. Yay! <laughs> so, back, Jake. so, yes. so we had we had this spot open up on the schedule, and uh, we were supposed to have Dan Aid from Authority Zero on, and he rescheduled. And I had this open spot, and it happened to be very timely because it was right around the time that the Motion Comic came out, mm-hmm. and. We're super proud of it. Mm-hmm. We're super proud of our project. Jake and I are, you know, we are in various production stages of three episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Um, because yeah. the first, the chapter two is in the marketing stage. Yeah, yeah. Chapter three, three, three is, is complete. Is complete. Um, All we got to do is add a probably a QR code to, like, um, you know, links for the the narration track and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we do that. And we're going to talk about that. And and then book four is he's he's drawing it he's right on now, page seven right now. So so we're in various production stages of three books. We, we actually, it's funny with the 
this podcast, we were just going to have a meeting around today anyway. So it's right, like, right. yeah, you know what? I'll just see you on the fucking it's podcast. It's like, why don't How you come that? on? You want to have this meeting right now? Yeah, yeah. You guys all get to hear the meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, that's the But the main thing that yeah. I want, the main, I, I thought of you because I reached out to you for um, some publishing advice. Mm-hmm. And you are a pretty accomplished uh, author and illustrator, Fuck, you know. You have the same agent as Barack Obama, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, it does. Is yeah, that true? That is true, yeah. No way. How many how many books are you in now? Like, how well, many? So I only finished the one, uh, the Bernie Metro, the main one. Okay. In 2020, I think I'm going to have two or three okay. come out. Okay. I was going to say, because you have a lot of yeah. content has been produced at yeah, this like point, this, correct? Yeah, it's just artists. You know, like so, I usually write this, and work this, with. This so, what is a bulk of a, your body of work? Then, because I guess, I guess I don't understand what a bulk of your body of work is. And you did mention that so much of your income comes from other sources rather than just the podcast. So, well, for people who don't know you, tell tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and what your okay. contribution. Well, is. Well, I'm a motherfucking professor, right? <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> I teach uh, comic book writing at uh, Regis University for their MFA program. Oh no way! Yeah. So huh. excellent gig. I, yeah. I I think about this often and go like, fuck. How do I? I gotta get where <laughs> Alan Brooks is at. That's he's the guy. That you teach does comic book writing at, yeah. at Regis? Yeah, for their master's program, which is crazy. That's I, really I cool. They they read the Burning Metronome and offered me the job, and I didn't even know that I was a job. You know what I mean? But it cuts what they wow. call a baller that's fucking move. That's cool. what that is. Yeah, too. Yeah. Wow. Like wow. a boss. Yeah, dude. So, I didn't. I had no. I had no idea. That's really cool. Yeah, so I do that. I write a weekly comic for the Colorado Sun, which is illustrated by Corey Redford. It's called What I Miss. It's about a, a woman, white woman in her fifties, who was in a coma for thirty years, and and she talks with her black neighbor who was in his twenties about what Denver's like now, as opposed to what she remembers it being like. That's really cool. It's but, a very uh, good comic. Corey so, is also a remarkably. Yeah. Remarkably she's talented. Really great. I some when I'm in the same room with Corey while she's drawing, I will often just not do what I'm supposed to do. Just be like, "Fucking look at this person right. putting that fucking pen on that piece she's of so paper." Dope. She's so good. Yeah, fucking phenomenally talented person. Uh, so that's every week in the the Colorado Sun, right? Um, and so you know we get paid for that. Then I. Rap at Ophelia's twice a month with a jazz band. Get the band. fuck out of yeah. here! You know that? Yeah, you know, I didn't funny. know that. It's, you're, that your drummer is also like a childhood friend of mine. Oh yeah, he's like out at fucking. Dude, I'll bet we know. I'll bet we know some of the same people. And like, like, because you said you rap, you rap with like jazz players. Yeah, right? yeah. I guarantee we know some. Of them. I always do you, do you hired, know Alex Tripp. Maybe he's a dope you know, drummer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I always <laughs> hire jazz players because they can uh, they can improv, so we can freestyle songs. Right. You know, so that's really dope. Yeah, I love playing with jazz guys. Oh, yeah, right. right. And so then uh, for this, I don't open mic. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talented. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, they'll definitely make you feel it. But they uh, since it's an open mic for all styles of music, and then the musicians I bring will improv behind whoever gets up. So, okay. So cool. that's usually fun. It's all different style. You know, they'll be like any style. They'll be like, hey, can you freestyle on our song? And uh, I can as long as it's in four. Right. Because, uh-huh. you know, it'll be like Your a metal. Your 16 bars yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like a metal band would be like playing it four or five time signature. Or five like four, you, you probably you couldn't know, rap yeah. over Mastodon or something I like could, that. I could write something, but I can't freestyle. <laughs> right, you right, know, You right, don't right. sell you. You, do, you can fucking do whatever you put your fucking mind <laughs> you to. You just have man, to believe. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like. Bootstraps, Alan. You can cram four into pretty much any time signature, right? Like you can make it work. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're just determined. But yeah, yeah. It yeah, more, it more feel like the bottom I mean, number you know. is four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom number right, is four. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I do that and then uh, host a podcast that you mentioned, Motherfucker in a Cape. 
which and we were on. Jake and I were on. It yeah, was a super good time. Yeah, it, was time. Yeah. it was a really fun. It was a really fun episode. And and I, you've you've been on my list of guests for a while. Oh, cool. Because I was like, man, we talked a lot about what Jake and I do, mm-hmm. but I I want to learn more about. I what remain Alan a mystery yeah. until now. Yeah, yeah. Until and, now. and we and we had a lot of t- <laughs> we had a lot of fun going on there, and I was. Really proud of that episode oh, when cool. it came out. I was really excited about it, and um, I'm glad when people feel good about it because you know some people can't stand to hear their own voices, right? Right, and so like they're, they're like I didn't even listen to it. I I, I have stupid. trouble listening to my singing voice. Oh, okay, do you? Yeah, I have the exact opposite experience. I agree. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I I um I will get a certain degree of anxiety about these episodes. Mm-hmm. While it's going on, yeah. you know, when your your self regulation kind of kicks in, and and you're thinking about like, oh, I hope someone doesn't misinterpret what I said here. Yeah, or, that's a real thing. Or you know, yeah. and and that does happen. That happens all the time. But then <laughs> people, that do people misinterpret. misinterpret. What do you mean by that? that? Happens all. What do you the time? mean by that? What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. What's that? What are you saying right now? Well, right? But, but but what I've <laughs> but I've what I've started to realize is that sane people can understand that what someone says is not necessarily a representation of the entirety of what they think. And I've, I've been able to, uh, no. I've, I've really gotten <laughs> over the fear of people yelling and screaming at me for saying something because the type of person who's going to yell and scream at me is not the type of person that I would necessarily be having a rational conversation yeah, with. I can't place. believe you would say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are Unless it's up. Gordo. Yeah, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this right. conversation right now. Gordo is pretty righteous. I don't know. And, and I do not mean that in a complimentary Bill and Ted kind of way. <laughs> no? I can't believe you said that. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, so so there there is that element, but then after the fact, I, like I was listening to the Lund episode when I was on my way over here just to kind of get myself in in the headspace for doing a, a podcast, and it was the first time I'd listened to it, and almost every time when I would listen back to the episodes, it's like, oh, that was a great conversation, mm. and the things that I was worried about, I actually presented in a, in a fairly con- like that doesn't listening to my own spoken voice doesn't make me cringe, mm-hmm. but it is hard the for me. Behind it, is that what you're saying? No, <laughs> no it is. Hard hard for me to listen to any album that I've done. Huh. That's interesting. You know, because like, you are out. You're a very good rock and roll. So you're like a, you're like in the world class category. I like, appreciate you know, like, that. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. But realistically, like there, it, it's you know, it's like when you've got straight hair, you just want curly hair. When you got curly hair, you just want straight hair. You know, it's like um, I think when I'm writing songs in my head. It comes in this voice that isn't my own physical voice. You know what? Like on that topic, I've actually come to find that uh, uh, a development in my general process as a songwriter and a singer, or particularly like a singer who is writing songs, you know, having these ideas, I have come to find that specifically writing to your own strengths. Like I will now when I'm writing, if I have an idea, I will, my immediate thought will be, how is that going to work for the tools that I have, basically? Um, No, that's that's a good approach. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I think is it's important to try it out in physical reality. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what I will do is I have a good idea of what I want to say. I have sat there and worked through it and written out the lyrics and then I'm going into the studio and then kind of rubbing the idea against reality. Mm -hmm. And then I get... 
you know, I realize I haven't taken the time to actually apply it to my own voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I've done now, and I've, I've mentioned this in the last couple episodes, is I'm using this app called The Amazing Slowdowner, which I, it, that and Capo are the two best apps that I've bought mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, just because I'm able to drive around and loop demos and practice. That is cool. That you is know, cool. I drive, I drive to and from work and... You know, you basically everyone has kind of three areas of their voice. You have like your your like your lower register, like your gut voice, mm-hmm. you have like your chest voice and then your head voice, right? Yeah. Yep. And my sister is a uh, my sister actually got her masters from Regis. Oh, okay. Also, um, super good singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she's a really really good singer yeah. and she's a uh, choir director and now she's a assistant principal in charge of activities oh, I didn't know that. at at um uh, Overland High School. Yeah, that's spoke where, that's where I went to high school. Say what? I spoke you there. You spoke there? Like, uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah, my, my sister shoved into a locker there. That's amazing. <laughs> my sister's the dean of students there. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And, uh, and yeah, so so what she taught me is she went to some some vocal or some music teacher's convention or whatever. Uh, and she, have, you, have I ever told you about the, the root beer water latte thing? No. Have I told you about that? Huh. Okay, it's super dorky, and I've been trying to get my bandmates to do it for a while, <laughs> and every once in a while I catch them doing it. But it's like, to access your gut voice, and this is this is for uh, typical male voices, obviously. I don't know if it applies necessarily to female voices, just because the mechanics are slightly different, sure. mm-hmm. and the range is different. But at least for your general male voice, mm-hmm. is you've got your gut voice to access that. You do... Uh, an utterance of root beer. Hey, this is my root beer voice. Uh-huh. All right. And then your chest voice is water. So you've got water. Hey, water. Hey, da-da-da-da-da. And then your latte voice is your head voice, which is, hey, you guys, let's go get some lattes. All right. <laughs> so I do that to check mics a lot. I do that in the studio. And what I will do is I'll do passes in those different ranges mm-hmm. okay. to see what notes work. Yeah. Also, you can plug stuff if you know what key your song is and you plug it into GarageBand, you can bring up a keyboard and set it to certain modes. Mm-hmm. Like you can set it to a minor scale or you mm-hmm. can set it to Mixolydian or whatever. And you can sit there and just fuck around with some general melodies that you might oh, want to throw in. That into is really cool. That is, so that's, yeah. that's a fun writing tip. Anyway. Well, uh, you know, you were saying the thing about yeah. uh, people taking, possibly taking what you say out of context. Mm-hmm. So I have a little story. So I think, uh, this year still, yes, we're still in this year. We are still in this yes. year right now. So at Dink, I taught a, a one-hour seminar on the difference between comics writing and prose writing. And along the way, when people were asking questions at the end, I was saying, uh, most people don't make a living in comics, so you just going to have to decide uh, that you want to do it. You want to fucking right? do it. Yeah, yep. and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, you may. I mean, there are things you can do to like increase your chances. Well, and most people right. aren't successful in any field. Right. So you're not, <laughs> yeah, so you can, you're not like going into comics for that sweet, sweet comic money, right? That is, right. you know right. what's funny is when you hear like on like some like, you know, uh, Facebook group or something, yeah. it's like, uh, so yeah, I'm thinking, you know, I'd start getting started now, I should probably be around 70 grand a year, you know, like <laughs> right. I'm thinking right. like six months from now, I'm like, oh, yeah. you're funny, you well, are, you are just funny is right like, okay yeah. so somebody took uh so it was an hour of me talking about like all the things you can do in comics how you can make a living how to write them and somebody took that one point and wrote an entire like a uh, website blog post about it and then put it on twitter and tagged me 
Uh, and so I was like, oh, somebody, you know, went to my seminar and I read it. And it was like, oh, our Alvin Brooks is so negative, you know, and he like had this whole thing about like um, how you can't accomplish things if you don't believe in yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And so at first I was like, damn, that's not even like the whole thing that I said. So then I started also, just, like that is just still a reason. It's a good piece of advice. It, it, true, yeah, right? Because yeah, it's true. This is a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he basically made it like I was like uh, training people for failure, etc. You know? It's like, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Into comic books. <laughs> right. Train yourself for failure. <laughs> but I looked hard. at I looked at his followers. There, it was like ten followers. I looked at his website. <laughs> there were there was no identifying information. So basically, this is a person who intentionally like took something oh, yeah. to try to start a fight with me. Right. And then tag me in it so that I would respond. Right, it's entirely possible. So that he might get that, more like, followers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, that, yeah. And if that's what his intention was, that was smart because uh, yeah, I didn't respond. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> well, that's the name of the game now, isn't it? I fucking like if you, yeah. it's, it's, if it's you, inside a inside an internet riot. Right, right. Yeah, I uh, like make those impressions, man. You got to get <laughs> right. those clips. Make those Seriously. impressions, and it's it's ruining, uh, it's ruining. Discourse. Our, well, it's it's ruining discourse yeah. just across the board. <laughs> but and I have a lot of strong opinions about this, and anyone who's listened to this podcast is is you know it's no secret to them. But um, you know it's it's not only ruining discourse across the board, but it's ruining reporting and and legitimate criticism and critique on arts and and music. Yeah. You know, it's like it's the same thing as as the people who would shit on Black Sabbath and uh. and fucking and Queen back in the old Rolling Stone articles just to sell circulation, just right. to get people talking about it. Yeah. Just, you know, it people picking fights and we see it a lot in music media where basic like you look at something like uh, Metal Sucks right which I actually like a lot of the stuff Metal Sucks you know puts I'm, out I'm a Metal Sucks supporter There's, which I, is I not do a, like I, what, that is not a hipster opinion I, if I that, dig it I dig Metal Sucks like Metal Sucks but how one of the major successes of the Threaten story huh, was sure. the collective hatred yeah. of Jared Threaten you know what I mean? That way, or you look well, at well, just like <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the, the premise do. of it is that it was ultimately negative is like a fine way because I mean ultimately right. what we're talking about is like negativity sells, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, with threaten, it's I mean you know who doesn't like it's like let's a, all, a story of a fucking idiot. Well, it was it, it was a pretty amazing story. But he, he's a, but that guy could he could really, sell bullshit. And who's, he's he's who's a followed but, up with threaten though. What's what's happening now with threaten? Oh, nothing. Uh, no, 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 no. Nothing Hold on. No, because no, wait, it no, no. Like a week cycle. ago, they they're touring. That's what it's. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Of course, it took like a year to say, capitalize. Like, it really kind of depends yeah. on what the net result of all that hubbub right. was. Um, you'll you know, see, what what is the? It's a zero sum game in some respects, and then in others, hey, maybe they. Made some headway, right? There, and you know? people like, have already moved on, though. Is like it's it's not the topic of the week, but they're going to remember the name Threaten. Yeah, I mean, probably it, not. I think more people will remember the "What color is this dress?" meme than will remember Jared <laughs> Threaten. Well, probably. Well, this is my first time hearing a Jared Threaten, so uh, uh, it, uh, take what you want. From so, that. so here's here's the here's the short version. Is basically this guy created a complete fake band, okay. and, like and fake production company, fake production oh, wow. agency, company, fake like a, the whole fucking nine yards, and huh. talked talked. To bunch of venues into booking him a world tour like he he basically purchased all his followers yeah like all his numbers uh-huh. and then went on the road and the 
the tour was an abject failure because yeah. no real people knew who he <laughs> right. was. Yeah, right. yeah. And so the whole metal world picked up on that. Oh, I see. Okay. You know what I mean? It was like a huge fucking But, but okay, so, like, so another oh another yeah. example yeah. is like there was the the big, the trending, and I've mentioned this before, of when a legion went and tried to create their Patreon campaign. And then there was the like, let's everybody hate a legion for the way they went about crowdfunding. Or what did look they at, do? That was what did people uh, just they like just they made a pitch video that to them was intended to be kind of tongue in cheek, but it came across as entitled mm-hmm. to some people. And when I say to some people, I mean the people who like to throw rocks at people's windows on mm. the internet. Mm. Yeah. And so they got pilloried for it. And as a result of that, um, it it did a lot of damage to the um, acceptability, the cultural acceptability of crowdsourcing mm-hmm. in underground music like punk rock and metal and mm-hmm. things like that. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, from what what kind of emerged from that conversation is kind of like, you know, if you want to if you want to make a living, you need to do it the old fashioned way, and you got to tour and make records yeah. and, and get your two jumbo jacks and fucking like it. That was yeah. kind of what emerged from it is a bunch of people getting on it. A bunch of people that pedestal. don't fucking know shit saying right. shit. <laughs> but then, but then also you look at, and I'm sorry to say this because they've done so much good stuff for us over the years, but Westward has really gone that way a lot. Mm in producing a lot of kind of clickbaity stuff. Mm. Stuff with a headline yeah. that is designed to bring it people top, in. Top, it. top 20 things that are shit that are bad about transplants. Like oh. there's a lot of that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Or or um. or the the uh, Lizzo concert infested by skinny white girls or the Garth, <laughs> That was a headline? Yeah. <laughs> or the Garth Brooks thing. The like Garth Brooks teaches white men a thing or two about blah 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 blah. Wow. Or what was God? There was there was another couple ones, right? You know what I'm talking about, right, Gordo? Yeah, the the Lizzo one and the Garth Brooks one are good good examples, and the transplant, the like transplant it's, it's, one, they're all very clickbait. But I in understand. Yeah. I understand. It's because the medium is is changing. Yeah, I won't say it's dying, dying. It is. It is. It is troubling. There's well, troubled, it's, it is definitely stirring the shit stick. You know, like it's it, that's a thing now. You it's, know, it's, it's, like it's it's just. We're going to stir the shit stick because there's really not a story here, but... But we're all becoming you know, aware of it. You know, we're all becoming... I hope to God, yeah. <laughs> and and I think that that self-awareness culturally, if we think of ourselves, you know, uh, Nathan Lund said something that I think was more profound than he intended it to be on the last episode. As he said that thing, he's like, when you talk about being stuck in traffic, remember, you're not stuck in traffic, you are traffic. Hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. we yeah, are was, not. That was a really good point. Uh, I really like that. Well, and and look at. Let's extrapolate that to include. You know, when you have someone who has a very nihilistic, anti-human perspective, and they say say things like God, "fuck people" or or "the human race is trash" or or whatever whatever they say, whatever they say, <laughs> it's like it's like just remember. You know, you are part of culture. You are part of society. Mm -hmm. You are part of the human race. And so when a few of us start developing that self-awareness and through mediums like this podcast or Alan's podcast or comics or art or or music or albums or whatever it is, we're able to kind of... podcast too, by the way. Right, (laughs) right. And I think that's great. Our job is to kind of disseminate... All that cultural information and spread it to, 
our little meager reach mm. and try and help culture, society, humanity become self-aware and develop at a faster rate. And it seems to me that it's that it's accelerating over time. I don't know. I mean, I could be no, I mean, I, it certainly is accelerating. I mean, I think the uh, the self-awareness of it itself, if it was, if it just all of a sudden you could snap your fingers and rather than half of the universe getting destroyed by Thanos, that would be <laughs> nice. Uh, it could just be that everybody is all of a sudden aware that if you, like, that if they're choosing between a best of or worst of list of some shit that you're looking at on the internet, right. that you're always going to choose the worst of. I would be very, I would be interested to see. You think that would change it? Like, <laughs> I, I just think, like, I mean, this isn't a new phenomenon, it's just a further proliferated phenomenon. Um, and I don't like, I, th I think people like to dislike things. Disliking a thing is the other side of the coin of liking something. Well, right. It's, it's, know, it's like, a statement of identity. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, it's also like, it's key in othering, right? Like yeah. right. Um, we are the chosen ones. Right. And these things are terrible. These other things. Right. It's the same as putting on a fucking, like, okay, Alan, you've got your Batman shirt on, yeah. right? That is your way. Shirt, like, right like, what are you communicating to the world by wearing a Batman shirt? You know, you were communicating that you were part of that tribe. Right. Right. And that I like women in cat suits. <laughs> <laughs> that was what it, that's what comes to mind for me first, always. Well, like, and Jake, I've seen you wear that shirt a lot. You like that shirt a lot. Well, I designed the logo on it and I'm very poor. Yeah. Well, so I have four shirts. Not only that, but that, that communicates something to the people around you, yeah. right? Yeah. And what you does your about, shirt say, Aaron? Uh, I'm actually wearing a shirt for the Oklahoma City Museum of Osteology. Osteoporosis? They where uh, it's, the, it's the Skeleton Museum in, um, in Oklahoma City. Cool. They have a skeleton museum, and they specialize in um, wholesale and... Uh, like just into like for sale bones and stuff. Like you can, mm. they're a bone supplier. They the take bone, the bone dude house. Says, hey baby, bone they call me the, the bone, bone supplier. supplier. Yeah. The bone supplier. <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah. The That's the name of this episode. But I'm like trying to tell people something. I think you're right this about too. that. I think that is the name of this episode. <laughs> right. That you, yeah, the been, bone that you've supplier. Been to Oklahoma City yes. before? Is that well? It's it it's like it's like. You know, kind of a it's kind of a quirky, weird thing. It's like it's got a little bit of a story behind. It, it's like, oh yeah, my band. We go down to Oklahoma City and like, well, I was yeah, there. Yeah, I went sure. to the Skeleton Museum with my friends. Aren't I fucking interesting and unique? Uh, it's all over my I mean, Instagram. This, this Check it out. Is, I, I I mean, I like the shirt. I also was looking at the mirror today. I was like, I fucking crushed it on that logo right there. But <laughs> you dude, know. you could you could get a Grubhub shirt from a fucking. Uh, 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 what do you call it? A, a fucking thrift store. Mm -hmm. You could go get any shirt from a thrift store. You wear that one over and over again, despite the fact that it, it has nothing to do with being poor as much as it's like you're repping your set with that yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's more you know or, or less, less and more. And if somebody talks about things <laughs> right. that they dislike or unpopular opinions that they have, like I just gotta say this, it's their way of like going, "This is who I am. How can I show all you people who I am?" and and create. The desired image I want reflected back. That is at. like you know how you know like uh, growing up punk rock is like a kind of a tropic thing. Right. That is what it, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. When somebody's like, yeah, when I was growing up, I was a punk rocker. He's like, oh, you like to talk shit about things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Alan, with all those things going on, and, and I mean, you've only done one burning metronome. Yeah. 
But the second was done, that, just being colored. So yeah. have you been doing comics before that? Like, do you have other IP before that? No, 20, that one... 2017 is when I put that out. That was my first thing, and it That was your changed, first thing? Changed my life profile. Can I just yeah. say on behalf of everybody in this building, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. congratulations. No, yeah, thank you for it. Well, but you <laughs> That's had, what it means. You had been, uh, you had been around for a Yeah, I was part of the comic book community, time, just you know? yeah, yeah, um, doodling, Like, I met out. you in what? maybe 2013 something like that yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, like there was Denver drink and draw and I would go and hang and doodle and mm. so you've been you've event. been drawing and and making art for a while you just didn't yeah. get into the medium well, so, and I mean uh, I will say that I'm not really an illustrator so uh oh, man you illustrated part of your next issue that fucking counts yeah I mean I'm yeah. getting there but like uh basically when I was uh, uh up to like age 12 I thought I was gonna be a comic book artist then I got waylaid by hip hop, so I stopped drawing, and was all like battles and all that. Right, kind of right, stuff, right, 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 right. So I did that for most of my life, but in 2010 I had a breakup, uh, and I needed something to occupy the time. And somebody told me about Dimmer Drink and Draw, and so I was like, "Oh, I can go hang out with comic geeks again," because I was I always read comics right. since I was five. So then I would go, you know, and then I would just be doodling at Drink and Draw, and I enjoyed the fact that I was not trying to make comics; I was just hanging out with comic book people. And so then maybe 2016, I was like, I want to make one. And so I, I made one, put it out in 2017, yeah. and here we are. Yeah. Was it Zach oh, Tisella that, that told you about Dragon Draw, by the way? Uh, no, it was, uh, I can see a dude's face. What is his name? <laughs> he didn't, it's a man I can face. see his name, his name was Nathan. dude's face. Okay. His name was Nathan, but I never actually, I might have saw him there once, mm -hmm. but he knew about it, so he told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because you and Zach used to work together. Oh, yeah. 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 So what do you think... Um, what do you think made that first book so successful for you that it was able to create all these opportunities that, that came? Because, I mean, your professorship yeah, came right. out of it. Right. And the agent. You're, you're, your agent. Yeah. And you're a, you're a published, I mean, you have a publishing company that puts out your stuff and markets it, right? Like they, uh, they no, distribute no. it? I, I did it all on my own. You did it all. Yeah. How did, okay, so how did you go about that? Uh, I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out and say, the main reason mm -hmm. that I wanted to get you in here to talking to yeah. you is Jake and I really want our project oh, to survive. The secrets you need. We really well. Alan and I had a fucking a secret meeting. It's true. Like Did a you? month ago, yeah. where Alan Did was you? like, "Here's some shit you should do with your career." And I was like, <laughs> "This is great stuff, man." <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So I just try not to like bore people, but I, this is we got bore the, three the shit thing. out. Okay. Of us. So here's what happened. I was rapping, and I got to be friends with one of these Flowbot dudes, right? You know the Flowbots, Yeah, yeah, right? I know the Flowbots. The, the, only, the only black dude in the group, Stefan. I've done, uh, I've done sh a show with him. Okay, so he and I yeah. were, um, we became friends. We, uh, I was not a fan of their music. Right. Uh, particularly their rapping, so. They do have fans, though, which is surprising. Yeah, all over. <laughs> well, they, they hustled their asses yeah. off. No, no, no. I, yeah, and they're they good really people. Hustled. They're very good people. Yeah. I just yeah. wasn't a fan of their music. So, no, um, great people. Very sweet people. So our friendship had to be based on other things. And so we talked about comics characters from the 1940s, which I can't do with a lot of people. Mm. You know? Right. And so uh, that that made us friends. We ended up being friends for like, like four Plastic or five Man. Years. Uh, I think he's like. See, 1950s? Yeah, I think he's 50s. Oh, shit! <laughs> but, but, you know, know but you, might, you might be right. I don't know. But, you yeah, know, like... Alan can school you. <laughs> but, you know, Batman, Superman, like Batman's uh, right. 39, 1939, Superman's 1938, and then Wonder Woman's 1941. So, like, 41 is a lot of the DC characters. Right. Anyway, so, uh, maybe a few years after we were friends, he was like, hey, man, I've been working on this comic book with this artist. Uh, somebody else was supposed to write the script. Are you interested in writing? And I was... And he had never 
He didn't even know I could write. He never heard anything, you know. And so I was like, okay, what's it about? And he kind of gave me an overview. Um, mm-hmm. It's a biracial girl who can take things out of the world of imagination and bring them into the world of reality. And because she has that power, both sides are like warring for control of her soul. So cool premise, you know. Right. So I was like, what are her powers? Um, and he was like, well, I'll, I'll send you the first issue we had and I'll send you what her powers are. Uh, he never did, you know, like basically it was just going on for a I long time. I know I was this like, part of the story. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, man, send me these, you know, send me what it's about, you know. So then I just started writing stuff because, but I didn't know the character's powers. I just created a supporting cast. Right. Um, and they were still on tour. So this was still during like the, high, the height of their fame. So they were on right. tour. No like handlebars that. days. Yes. <laughs> so uh, he eventually sent me something that was very... Uh, uh, I'm trying to be kind, but I guess I can't. Yeah, be honest. It's Just a, be honest. It was super pretentious. So, like, it was about a, a page and a half of um, just if I were to quote, like, if I were to paraphrase it, it would be like um, the firmament of the word is found in the logos, which is how she reflects upon her world. Like that kind of stuff, right? Right, right, right. And I was like, motherfucker, I just want to know if she can shoot laser beams from her eyes. Like, that's all I need to know. You know? Uh, Starting that sentence with the word motherfucker was the right way to do it. Right, 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 right. Uh, so unfortunately, the vagueness of it and me trying to uh, like give it form caused conflict between us. Okay. Because I think maybe he just didn't know what he wanted. Uh and then when I would try to define it, it would make him feel threatened. And, you know, we just, it just. Or he had, or he had difficulty communicating what he really, really wanted to you. And yeah, I mean, and, it's my suspicion yeah. that he did not know and right. that he just couldn't admit it, you know, <laughs> right. but that's, that's, that's my suspicion. Yeah, right. He, right. Sounds like uh, some real shit to me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I was going to leave, uh, the project and I told the artist and he was like, man, I've been trying to work on this for like six years, man. Will you please stay till we at least get one issue out? And I thought, well, I would like this artist to follow me on another project. So, sure, I'll stay. So I stayed. We put out one issue. Uh, I don't like it. Um, it has my name on it as was the it writer. D- is that, it was not Dion, right? Yeah, it was Dion. It was Dion. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. wait, so what's it called? Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope? Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, so, uh, I guess I would say that, uh, like, if I try to do something that was a storytelling technique, for example, um, like I had an idea where somebody, the character would be introduced on the first page. You wouldn't see who she was talking to. And then you flip the page and she's talking to a demon and they fight. Right, right, right. right, right. So like you get that reveal, right? Right. Um, but of course in film and in comics, there's the idea of the establishing shot, right? So like, for example, right. if they were going to show this, they would show the outside of the building and then show us on the inside talking because it gives like, you know, context. Yeah, they're in that building, I bet. Right, right. <laughs> uh and so he was really pushing for establishing shot on that first page. Right. But the point of what I was doing was that you wouldn't know, you know, who it was or where it was. And then you flip the page and you know where they are. Okay. And so, like, uh, small things like that ended up being really big conflicts. Uh, and so Artists and working with them is <laughs> right. what you're describing right. right there. Yeah. And so. Um, Jake and I never fight. You know, you actually <laughs> do have a very copacetic uh, yeah. overall process. And, you know, we clearly I, I have mean, a, feel, an idea for the, what feel things the harmony. must be. Well, well, feel the harmony. Well, but I think that's the difference between, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I hired you. Yeah. This is a collaboration yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. And, like, Jake being in a band, like. You, I'm, I have conflict with my bandmates over creative direction, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, when it's, when it's a collaborative thing and it's like, 
people are not having their visions met and understood. Yeah, like, totally. That, that can cause conflict mm-hmm. for sure. Well, so yeah, so that dude is brilliant. Like he he is brilliant. Right. Like if you stood him up like without preparation and said. Uh, talk about how art influences our souls. He could speak for an hour and a half without any notes. But mm-hmm. like he's right. brilliant, you know. But I just think in that case, uh, we we just weren't able to work together. So we put out that that issue. Uh, I wasn't happy with it, and I knew I was leaving afterwards. So then uh, Dion followed me, the artist, to another project, which uh, was my first thing. It was called Spotless, and I tried to write um, just a seven page preview to try to sell it to. And it took Dion seven months to draw seven pages, mm-hmm. which it should not have. It's not great. Yes, you know, you're not you're not crushing it, right. as they say. So then, uh, you know, so there was like no develop. It was just it just wasn't working. But then we met a third guy. This guy Matt Strackbine, who is um, a designer in Longmont. He designs uh, textiles. So he designed the Olympic ski teams uniforms for like nine oh, wow. years. Yeah, and uh, whatever those brands are. Like winter clothing. Oh, so he designed for Spider for a long time. Oh, yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. There's a lot of stuff like that, yeah. Matt is a badass. Yeah. That dude does shit. So uh, <laughs> we talked about the three of us working together, me, him, and Dion. Matt was going to do, like, colors and letters. And so uh, we did, like, a test. So we wrote, like, I wrote, like, an eight-page story. And now, because Matt is on the other end of it, Dion has a little more pressure. So mm-hmm. he finished it really quickly, like, in maybe a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then Matt colored it. It was great. So then we decided, hey, let's do, like, a full issue and then kickstart it so that people can see the whole issue, know what right. it's about, right? And so um, this is a time where I was like, yo, man, we got to really throw our best in because for this first issue, people need to be impressed enough to want to back us. Right. And so I did my best to write a great story. Uh, Dion bullshitted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that that issue is not well drawn for him. Yeah. You know? He is. When, he, when he's when on he's his on, fucking mark, he's, he's a so super-duper talented yes. fucking artist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of why it was so disappointing, but but it, but it worked, you know, it was enough. Um, and so we had that first issue, that first issue dealt with police brutality. Okay. And so um, I thought, oh, well now I can send out press releases. So uh, what I realized is that the press does not care that I'm making a comic book. They care if it's about, about. something that they already have to write about, mm-hmm. right. you know? Yep. So I sent out like maybe 50 press releases, no response, then I sent them out again, and then Westward responded, and uh, they, Wrote, they interviewed me like a, m- a month before our Kickstarter began. Okay. Now, this is a kind of funny side story. During that month, I was in Europe. So I uh, was in Berlin for a week, Budapest, Prague, and London. Very cool. So I was gone for a month, right? So the Westward interview was supposed to happen while I was in Budapest. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it via Skype. Um, so, you know, Dion's here. He's going to do it. Matt's supposed to be on it. And so... Um, is this our uh, Hulk? Yeah, this, this, is, Hulk this is Hulk Logan right uh, there. I've heard yeah. the legends. Wearing two rings on the same hand. <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep okay. going, keep All going. Right. So uh, I was staying in this hostel called the uh, Red Fox Party Hostel, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which was not appropriately named at all. In uh, Prague, I had dropped my laptop, so it didn't work. So I had to use the computers in the lobby of the hostel. Right. Um, so there are only two computers. It was scheduled for noon here, which was 8 p.m. there. Right. So I go out at 7 p.m. to make sure I get one of these two computers. Go out at 7, their uh, computers are down, they're doing maintenance on the internet. So I was like, shit, mm-hmm. okay. So I run down the street, I had made friends in Prague who were staying at another place in Budapest, another hostel. Right. So I sneak into their computer area, and uh, Skype's not on a computer, so then I try to download it, and then it's like, you are not an admin. 
And so I was like, right. fuck. <laughs> so then I run back to the place where I'm staying and I was like, listen, man, I don't want to rush you, but I'm supposed to do an interview in the States. And like, now at this point, it's like 7.30, so I'm like half an hour. And they're like, so I was like, how long, you know? Oh, 10 minutes, my friend. So I was like, okay. So I sit down at the Speaking computer. European impression. <laughs> <laughs> my friend. <laughs> right. no, that sounds like Budapest. <laughs> so I sit down. I'm at, surprised you were able to find any internet. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, we, yeah. We, stay, we stayed in a wacky place okay. in Budapest. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Keep going. Okay, so I sit down at the computer, uh, 7.30, 7.40, right. 7.50, 8 o'clock when it's supposed to start, right. 8.10, it all, the internet comes on. So I log in. I log into Skype, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, you know, I'm 10 minutes late. Uh, and so I get in there, and for some reason, uh, Matt, Matt's on the call, and the reporter's on the call, uh, Kyle uh, Harris. Harris. Yes, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had just been switched. Like, he had never, like, he was switched to, like, the geek reporter. It had been Corey Casciato before. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he didn't know anything about comics or anything like that, right? And so, um, for some reason, Dion's not on it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I, I log in, and I cannot make the microphone work. Yeah. So after all of that stuff, I can't make a mic. So basically, he has to ask me questions, and I have to type my responses <laughs> on a like a Hungarian keyboard, so all the letters <laughs> are moved around. Oh <laughs> yeah. no! And it I was, was like, like a weird key. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's like yeah, and it was like all in different dream, orders. You know, when you like when you you have a dream that you're at your job, but like all the shit <laughs> right. is just in a different right. place. You know, like, that's right. exactly how it was. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm gonna sound so stupid on this interview, right? It's like my house, but not my house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, but the interview, it went, it went fine. You know, it came out fine. And then um, I wrote Kyle and thanked him. And he, uh, he said uh, that he was so inspired by the interview that he went, took his son that day to the library and got a stack of graphic novels and read them for the first mm-hmm. time. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Wow. Yeah, so then when I get back to the States, I was like, yo, Dion, like, what happened? Why weren't you on this call? Why weren't you in the interview? Oh, man, um, I took Theraflu the night before. And I just slept through it. Oh, I was just sat inside of my room. Right. I was like, oh. you slept through a noon interview, thinking of all the stuff that I had to do to get on the interview. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And He's dude, just like, oh, what I miss. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I think that is typical of <laughs> just how he participates in yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah. But so uh, after that happened, we did the um, the Kickstarter. It was surprisingly successful. We were trying to raise 8400 We raised 14000 I was going to say, yeah, it was like yeah. fucking, it was in the af- above 10 grand. Like, wow. That's a, that yeah. Rules. Yeah. Cool. Wow. That's and, fucking cool. Right. And on a funny note, uh, the highest level was 500 If you get 500 or more, you get to be drawn as a background character. Mm-hmm. And so my father gave it that amount. But it's funny to me because when I was 20, I asked my dad, my dad to co-sign for a car. Mm-hmm. And he didn't return my call for a month. <laughs> he, he was like, he was like, cosign? No, comic book? Yes. Yeah, I'm in. There you that go. Is, yeah. You know, there Priorities. he's gonna want, he's gonna want to check the logic on that one. <laughs> right. uh, now, uh, you know, in fairness, there was 20 years between the two yes. events, but maybe right, he's trying right. to make up for it. Right. How, right. how long ago was it that you did this? Uh, that was October 2016 that we did the Kickstarter. Okay, so I mean, do you think do you think Kickstarter is still something that? Is that is is working for comic book artists? Because we're see, like I mentioned, you know, we've seen it kind of fall out of fashion in the music world. Yeah. What is it? What is it like for comic book? Oh, artists? it seems to be. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very good. I didn't know question. that about the the music part. Um, yeah. Oh the, yeah. Yeah. Shit has fallen off. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's it's almost well, now they're like it's almost a faux yeah. pas to do it. Huh. Gordo, would you say that that's true? Like it's almost a faux pas to use. Uh, uh, unless it's like, 
unless it's like GoFundMe to get a surgery or something like that. Like it's kind of a, you know, you know what I mean. Like to try that real, out for that my surgery. Real, yeah, right. right get, dude, do a GoFundMe. I need to pound a kidney stone into submission. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like it's you're seeing fewer and fewer bands using no, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, I mean, like it seems like it's gone on this weird. It's almost journey. uncool to use because well, it was uncool like, to use at first, and then it was like everyone was using it, and now it's back on the back end of like now it's what is not cool, cool to cool use again. now. Bandcamp is cool to use now, right? Yeah, Bandcamp is cool. Like MySpace. Yes. I don't know what. I guess, you know, well, like, but like a GoFundMe is, I think, more. Acceptable, Friendster. I suppose. Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, but then uh, Kickstarter specifically, like that, you know, going through GoFundMe right. and not through Kickstarter, I think are different things as far as just like well, you, you use know, them in different applications. Yeah. And well, I mean, and that's you know, we shot for the Patreon thing, and mm-hmm. and I've also mentioned that Banzoogle, the company that hosts our website, oh, I used has, to use them. Yeah, they've they've started offering their beta testing a subscription model. Okay, but then I've also been hearing. A lot of people higher up the chain in their podcasts uh-huh. talking about their struggles with the subscription model. Hmm. Like, you know, like you listen to like the Sam Harris podcast or something like that, and he actually just started only doing half episodes on his podcast because he's <laughs> like, he's like, I have to invest a lot of time into doing these, and I do not do ads. the The sole way that I make this work is through is through supporter, you know. And and he's like, and it just seems like. That's not really working right now mm. to the degree that maybe I think people thought it would. Yeah. I mean, it's it's getting us something of a budget. You know, it's getting us enough to, to stay afloat and keep moving. But I think it's hard to see people from the music world connect to it. So I'm curious yeah. as to what your opinions are as to the application of crowdfunding mm. for for your area of the it was arts. I mean it was obviously great for us back then but there's a I have some friends at a who own a comics publisher uh, Stranger Comics in LA right uh, and they do a Kickstarter every time they want to do a new book really yeah and um, they're always successful like they're like huh. six figures or more yeah Zach nice. just uh, Zach cool. Kinsella, um with a uh, oh shit with a uh, oh, can't remember their names but um he just did one and it worked. That was the whole story. Exactly. I, I ate some weed gummies right before <laughs> You're I started fine. this, and now I'm going to start forgetting. Jake, things. Jake, oh, Jake. By the way, is. Jake, I, I brought you on here it. for color commentary, so I'm that's not expecting man. that much. Out <laughs> that's, of it. That's, real, that's real. Really quick. takes the pressure off. Uh, is this how you know you're a rad dad? <laughs> <laughs> I so wanted to say something. Is this so how glad you did. It's a coffee cup that says rad dad for listeners. Is this how dad's flair? <laughs> yeah. This, this is the, uh, this I want is the people rock and to roll know. version of like Just so you know. world's best dad. Hey. Yeah, this is, it is dad. the rock and, rock and roll version. Dude, I also have I'll one have you know that my son bought that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you take a photo and put it with the podcast. You see this shirt? <laughs> Number one grandpa. <laughs> that means number one. It's no, a the whole cup world that says "Rad Dad" on it. World's way, so. best dad. <laughs> I do. I do have a. Uh, I also have a cup at home that says uh, "Best Cat Dad." Like that I got before my son was born. So, dude, I'm like killing it in two fucking yeah, arenas. Just you know being twice to dad areas. Yeah. So That's when beautiful. when you drink that in public, people are like, "Oh, they're like." 
Shout out. Be a, that's rad. He's rad. He's oh, great. He's rad. In several my dad hand, categories. I'm putting it right over my heart. Several yeah. categories of rad. <laughs> Two categories. They don't just let anybody <laughs> nice. buy this off the internet. I'm yeah, telling a very you. lengthy application process in order to receive <laughs> yeah. a rad dad. You, you know what cut. else there should be an application process for is the bad motherfucker wallet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. There should be a vetting process. You're like, you are not a bad motherfucker. I, I mean, I think right. you can the, pre- the prerequisite for that is just being 14 you, years old. I didn't know that you know. was even a thing. People actually just do that all over the place. The oh, bad yeah. motherfucker they, wallet. You, I definitely wanted to have one when I was 14 I wanted one old, you know? when yeah. I was 14, yeah. When you see a grown man with the bad motherfucker wallet, though, it's like... I think you at least have to have a motorcycle license in the wall. I mean, Sam or, no, Jackson you know, is a hard... That's, that's a high bar there. You right. know what I mean? That's a really high bar. Yeah, well, I want to see you hit by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an adult. I want to see you roundhouse kick someone right. in tight jeans and cowboy boots. How, how high can you kick? <laughs> Also, an adult you, person is like really into head? Pulp Fiction. Yes, you can have a bad motherfucker. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, mean, I love Pulp Fiction, don't get me wrong, but like, you know. I'm but a, so I'm much. A 30 year old man, like, I gotta get a bad motherfucker. <laughs> right. Like, so you, much that you gotta get the wallet. You should see another movie, you know? That's a, that's a starting off point. <laughs> yeah, try it. Just is. try some other ones. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you probably more movies, know, so. you think you know shit that you don't, probably. That's <laughs> yeah. the likelihood of that. So, so, Alan, please continue. Please oh, continue uh, about your. your, your sorry, song. we were talking about this. No, this, this, is, this is the adventure, the conversational adventure. The conversational adventure. So, Strangers Comics, those guys do Kickstarter for every book, and they just signed a deal with HBO. Who's developing their show as a their comic as a show, you know, and it so it's worked for them. And Damn, it, slam dunk. Yeah, they've Hell been yeah. they've been Heavenly using that model continuously, dunk. and I I'm gonna do a new one in uh, February. This and how much did you guys raise four, on yours? Fourteen thousand. You raised fourteen thousand. Yeah. Jake, That's fucking good. Listen. Can we do this? All right. <laughs> Jake was in my Kickstarter video. I had forgotten. I heard that. I completely heard that. Because, <laughs> okay, okay, here's the reason I wanted you to come on. Is here's the situation that we're in. Okay. Like, here's the major positives. Is that we may... Have you watched our motion comic, by the way? No, I haven't seen you it. You haven't? Have you seen uh, the book yeah. that it's based on? What did you think of the book? And I mean, honestly, like... I haven't read it. Right. <laughs> I've seen it. You flipped through it. I've seen him drawing it mostly. Yeah, so the drawings so, so, look good. So that's all I really know okay. about it is Jake's art, which I like. Okay, so. I would. I first of all, yeah. I would really. You know, you 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 seem like a super honest dude. You haven't you haven't yeah, pulled since any punches. I just with, name dropped it. Oh yeah, and you haven't pulled any punches. <laughs> we gotta edit this. But you but you've done so in a, in what I would call a respectful. Manner, I hope so. You know, yeah. You know? So I would I would love it if you would check out check out our book and okay. give us some feedback on it. First of all, but um, so where here's where we're at on this is because. It's not typical of a band to use that as their main piece of content. Yeah. The the market that our label is shopping is is it trying to introduce it to. It's not performing at the level that they would like it to. Okay. You know what I mean? Then on the other hand, like they suspect that the people from the comics world are not used to taking on this like concept album musical element to it. Uh-huh. So what we're really in search of is a way that we can, first of all, produce it the way we want it by having the budget for it. That's the most important thing right. is getting the budget to produce it the way that you want to do yeah. it. So it doesn't take a fucking year an episode. You know, That's but real. but yeah. also also we need to find someone um, we need to find someone who can present this the way that it needs to be presented in order to be successful mm-hmm. you know provided it's as good as we agree that it is <laughs> yeah. you know we're well, super excited so I want to talk to you a little bit about 
about your experiences in publishing and kind of mm. what the reality is with it and, and getting your own stuff out and marketing yeah. it and just kind of pick your brain on that okay. a little bit if we could. Well, you know, my, my uh, impression of you specifically, uh, based on the few times we've interacted, you guys are like smiling like, what's coming? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the impression I get is that uh, you, you work things out internally and then by force of will push them forward, mm-hmm. right? Which is a, a really rare thing for a lot of creative people. Like a lot of creative people can't do it. Uh, but I think when it comes to um, getting a new market, it can be a, a hindrance because you're thinking the ideal thing would be why is this appealing to people who have not participated in it? Like, why mm-hmm. do they care? You know, so like when I made the comic, like I know why I care about it, but I had to think about what do people care? Like, why do they care about the burning metronome? What's interesting? Right, right. And then I had to distill it down to a sentence so that I had like my, so I had my like, it's X meets Y, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's Twilight Zone meets Usual Suspects, right? That gives like a little bit of interest. And then I have like my one sentence that like people are like, oh, and then if they're interested, I can talk more about it and it kind of builds from that, you know? Like for us, it's, this is like when Mad Max meets the monkeys. <laughs> is it the monkeys, monkeys from? Was the good is one the monkeys from Head? <laughs> no, you, you know that movie Head. The, Head, no. Oh, so like uh, you know the monkeys were like a pop band, right? Right, right, right. So then, oh, yeah. but then they decided we are real musicians, and so they made and they are they are they were real musicians. Right, they're real musicians. So too. they made this uh this movie that was like them breaking out of the box called Head, directed by Jack Nicholson. What? Yeah, yep. a young you Jack guys Nicholson. Have seen this? No. For real? no. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Oh my god! Yeah. I only knew the monkeys, monkeys, man, like yeah. the TV show. Oh like yeah, this is zany like... adventures in music, which is what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. In this thing. VHS Jack should Nicholson be required. Required like viewing. Yeah, honestly. in this movie, they keep getting trapped in a black box and they have to keep breaking out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> right. uh, yep. But it's like it's really trippy. It's a real box. But they like dive off of a bridge and then end up making out with mermaids, and then so is suddenly it good they're on the couch. Or is it, is like, it good? Is, is it worth watching? I liked it. I mean, it's not. It's, it's not weird. funny it's like the show. Weird fucking movie. Or the whole time, are you like just stick with Megan the Tunes? <laughs> no, I think it's uh, first of all the music is way better because they're not making pop songs, right. so they're getting really experimental. So I love the music from it. Right. Uh, it is entertaining in that it is so weird. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't feel pretentious, you know. It just feels like, oh, they're being really weird. And I mean, given the time it was made, like in the sixties, right. whatever. Everybody fits. was a little weird. I, yeah, I, I've yeah, never yeah. heard of that. Before. It's very, and, it's very Jack Nicholson late sixties. I gotta check that out. Yeah, and he makes People like a doing Nicholson makes jokes. a tiny cameo. You see him like in a crowd shot, and you're like, that's what he looked like, young dude. You know? I, and and I love stuff <laughs> like, like in that, Hell's like Angels on Wheels. Right. I, I love the ideas movie? of of uh, no. bands making weird. movies. You know, I love the idea of like. I love that cross pollination thing. Like, yeah. did you ever see uh, TV Funhouse do? Um, I just got to say, Mike Nesmith was one of the producers of Repo Man. Do you do you not realize? And how, his mother like, created Whiteout. What? Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, like Mike Nesmith, just in, you know, just him in particular, and the monkeys, like he's. He's the one to watch. He was, Dude. The one, he was the one with the wool cap for people who Yeah, are he was always my okay. favorite because he reminded me of my dad. Ah. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid and I saw that, I was like, I was like, that looks like my dad kind of, well, and his name is Michael. So like, because of the liquid paper fortune, uh, when they wanted to do reunion <laughs> tours, they could not get him on a lot of the reunion tours because he was like, I don't need part. to do that. Right. Yeah. 
No the way. The paper inheritance. It's fascinating. The whole yeah. story wow. is very fascinating. Okay. A monkey's knowledge runs deep between me and Gordo. Oh, <laughs> man. I got to but, but I mean, yes. you know what I'm talking about? Like, I love I love that thing. I love I love that the Beatles made movies. I love yeah. I love Spinal Tap. I love Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm. I love, when. remember when TV Funhouse did the Black Sabbath, like, kind of Scooby-Doo cartoon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that shit. Or no, it wasn't like a, it was more like a knock on, uh, I don't know, like like the cartoons based on the monkeys or cartoons based mm. on the Beatles or something like that. Like I love era. that idea. Yeah. Mm. And and I guess that I thought like we went at it and we're just like we're like, this is the most brilliant and fun and cool idea. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because of the way that content travels anymore, or if it's just the way that we're placing it, mm. but People aren't responding to it uh, the way that we okay. would like. You know what well, I mean? So I guess so, the other thing I'm saying yeah, is that so people need a way in, right? Right. So, so the one sentence in, I right. have is like, uh, six courageous explorers find themselves trapped in a world where they encounter the strangest creatures they've ever seen, human beings. Right, 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 right. That's my thing, right? But if you read the whole book, that is not the sum of the whole book. Right. It's just enough of a way in. It's enough. The like, elevator pitch. It's part of the book, right? And right. I had to work hard on the elevator pitch, right? Like I had to... Take this gigantic thing and distill it down to a one sentence description. It's not necessarily about condensing it; it's just about giving people a way in. Yeah, that's, that's the way to think really about it. Cool. Yeah, because I feel like as artists, you know, all the time we're very much like, "Well, that's not really what it's about," right? You know? <laughs> but it's like totally, you know. But you can't force somebody to read it. If right. You, you know, like you have to pick out the thing that makes it at least interesting enough, right, for them to want to read it. You kind of just assume it's like people. To me, base camp is people actively don't want to he'll hear it from you you know mm. like right so if you get them to hear it from you a little bit you gotta you gotta be concise that that little bit has to be the right fucking little bit well because they've know? already got yeah. so many people competing for their attention mm. and you know the uh, the Pareto distribution in arts and music mm. is insane you know it's like a handful of people do the most stuff at the very top and then all the rest of us just stack up on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? And it's a matter of like trying to make it function in your what you know your your whatever level of the bottom that you're on. You know what I mean? It's trying to make yeah. it work within those confines. Realness. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. <laughs> no, I mean for real. So yeah. you start with what is the easiest way for somebody into our project. Right. right? And then uh if, if it's about generating press for it, I think it's... So, okay, so in my book, for example, there's a lot of uh, themes of, um, like I said, police brutality, uh, mm-hmm. se- sexism, just just different stuff like that, right? But that's not really the selling point for some people. Like, because I'm not trying to, like... Because if it was, I could just give a speech, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm trying to make an entertaining comic book. So right. I can say it's entertaining. So that, that one sentence encapsulates what I think is most entertaining about it. I didn't even mention the political undercurrents. Now, when it came to the press, they care about the political undercurrents, mm-hmm. so that's what I talked about. Right. So, like, uh, you know, so... Because that's going to get eyeballs on it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, you know... So it's like, that's the way you sell it, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. So I did the Westward story, then that led to, like, uh, Colorado Public Radio, and Nine News contacted me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep, yep remember that. And so, you know, but it was all... It was, that was all because of the police brutality, and that's really just one chapter of the book, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I, I, like, in the interview, I can say, well, the whole thing's not about police brutality, but this is what I'm dealing with. But that is what, like, it took to get press. So then I had press. Now, suddenly, like... Uh, if you Google comics in Denver, 
my name comes up. Mm-hmm. So I go from like nothing to something. Well, you know, actually, I remember we referring to that uh, meeting that you and I had like a month ago. Yeah. When you had mentioned that like when the movie Black Panther came out, like newspapers just called me up and asked me what I thought about it. And I yeah. think that like being in that position, being somebody who's like, uh, you know, all right, a thing exists or has happened. What does this person, like if you're the kind of artist who prompts people to go, I wonder what that person thinks about hmm. this thing that's happened. You have crossed, I think, a threshold that, you know, you yeah. were, you were, you're at a place that you weren't at previously. That definitely right. was a hallmark for me. I was like, I guess I'm that dude Fuck now. Fuck yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Westbrook, Denver Post calling me. What? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like uh, in music for about years. That's unrelated to They wouldn't, wouldn't even return like, my calls. So, so <laughs> oh, what, did, yeah. what did they ask you? Like They, were, they wanted me to comment on the cultural impact on what my opinion was on the right. impact of the Black Panther movie. Okay. Right. Um, and they both wrote very different stories about it, but it was just really interesting to me that they both... Well, because such a huge yeah. part of that movie's success is the, is the mechanization of that tension. Yeah. You know, where, where people... I mean, really, with those type of things, it's just you go in, you put the key in, and fire it up. Right, You know, right. it's those... The yeah man the 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 the, the anger marketing approach mm-hmm. or you know just there was so much there was so much online just confrontation unnecessary mm-hmm. online confrontation over that movie oh it yeah. was yeah yeah I mean, was, yeah I mean it's it's a thing so there's gonna be bullshit surrounding it right, 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 right. <laughs> there's always somebody ready to provide it right and yeah. they're generally the ones who. Uh, are going to be most willing to express themselves in a public forum yeah, yeah. anonymously uh, anonymously <laughs> yeah and with a whole shitload of people listening to them too <laughs> right. is the sad part yeah so uh yeah once you have that kind of thing where you feel like this is people's way in right then you know you do what you can to generate press and i think um an event is helpful right like i started my right. podcast right around that time um I just noticed that that trophy there says Dick Punch. Oh, yeah, that's the Dick Punch trophy. (laughs) Punch him right in the face. Thank you so much, Alan, for pointing that out. (laughs) He's kicking him in the head. I have to say, you're the first uh, guest to actually point out, that says Dick Punch. Indeed, it does. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Somebody earned that. We're very proud of that. We're very proud of that. I mean, these guys earned that. Is it for receiving? These guys earned that. We did. We did. Is it for receiving a Dick Punch or giving a Dick Punch? No, it's just for getting the trophy. Okay. All right. Yeah. You just get the trophy. Well, I like that it says dick punch. And it says, here comes the dick punch. Saying, you know, yeah. you gotta... That's because we're dickheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Nice. I'll be here all week. Hey, it's because we're, uh, we're professional ball breakers. You know, <laughs> See, I think, I think we're the, champions the, the point, at though, breaking balls. The, <laughs> the whole point, though, is that he's see where his arm is. I'm a black belt at breaking balls. Says, so ready he for is the, just like, about to. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing it yeah. now. He's the about to kick him in the look first out, punch. Look him out the for the dick punch. Hard. Yeah. I hope you guys it's a good position to be in to get punched in the penis. Yeah, because he's like while he's while he's deflecting the leg. Yeah. Watch out for you the see other this hand. One hand man. Yeah. Watch out for the other. Here comes fucking cobra strike. Here comes a snapshot. The dick punch. Hashtag dick punch. This is the part of the podcast that's going viral right now. Oh, dude. I know. Yeah, everybody's gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Well, you got to Exactly people what away about. in. That's the you know thing. What I mean, they go, "Hey, I like guys who like to break balls. I like guys. I like black belts and ball breaking." Hey, <laughs> now listen to this. These yeah, guys got a trophy for it. It's true. Now, now All right. continue, please. Right. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So you guys figuring out what your thing is, then uh, an event that is something around it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, right. as a, a musician, like doing shows, you kind you know how to put together an event, right? 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 You know, but. Uh, and uh, uh, 
We've talked a- about eventizing event- stuff before. Kevin Smith talks about that. Oh, right like, on. Like he's he's doing that tour with Jay where they're going around yeah. touring their movie. With the new movie, yeah. Yeah, and said nothing but good things about like touring the movie. Uh, you know, because he's like, unless you're something like Avengers or Black Panther. Right. You know, he's like, you've got that weekend, it comes out, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, in this, we get a little more mileage out of this thing that we're so proud of. You know, I also you know heard I mean? Kevin Smith say something uh, about he eventually realized that he is better as a personality than he is as a filmmaker. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting. And it wasn't like a self-deprecating right. joke. Because, you know, like, honest. yeah, like he was mm-hmm. all like he was all making film. But then you realize, oh, like I'm getting all of these offers to speak places. Right. So now, like, I can use this in support of the thing that I want to do, which is make film. Right. I point that out because uh, because in this case, you and Jake actually both have really strong personalities. Right. So. Right. So like people are going to. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. God, he's got a really strong personality. personality. Yeah. <laughs> I actually when I lived with Ty and Jesse, mm-hmm. Jesse would just be like <laughs> would be like, "What's it like living with Aaron?" He's got a very strong smell. <laughs> He's like, "It doesn't smell bad necessarily, it's but it's it's very it's strong. Smell. It will it's not be very, it's, it's, it's very present. <laughs> very pungent aroma. Anyway, omnipresent. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, you know, if so basically you know, part of what I've done, too, is that people feel connected with me and then they're interested in the thing that I wrote. Right. You know, so like when I go speak at high schools or colleges or whatever, you know, then people buy things and they tell people about it, at least to more stuff. Right. And I mean, that's how my agent heard about me is that somebody, I guess, so he gives me a call, he calls uh, and he leaves a message. He says, hey, Alan, uh, one of my clients is a fan of your book. Uh, I want to know if you want to take it to a bigger audience. And then he says his name and then... uh I don't know who the fuck that is, right? So I, <laughs> right, right, right. So I Google him, and uh, it turns out like he's um, agent for Barack Obama, Ariana Huffington, Ilhan Omar, um, Russell Simmons. What? Like ridiculous. Dang. Yeah, and I was like, what? Yeah. Okay, so those are marginally popular <laughs> names. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I need who? to call him back. <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard of any of those <laughs> right. Russell right. Simmons. Just a lot of syllables. <laughs> Wait, so this, this came as a result of... The campaign, or this came as a result oh, no. of the the news piece. Well, it definitely was agent. not a result of the campaign. I think it so like it's after I had the book, right? Then I would continue doing things to generate like press and right. So I don't know which thing, you know. But he said that one of his clients was a fan of the book, and so then when we talked, he told me that his um he felt like his form of resistance against uh, the current administration is to lift up the voices of people who dissent, and yeah. because I. Right. Dealt with, you know, political and uh, right. social commentary in my book. That's why he wanted to support it. Right. Which was cool as hell. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he's pitching it to uh, bigger publishers and we'll see. And, in, and in all fairness, that is definitely something that that we do not tap into, nor would I think it would be appropriate. I mean, there are going to be philosophical conflicts mm-hmm. and, and there's definitely political commentary in mm-hmm. it, but it's not... I, I mean, would it's, not. It's, I would not about, consider it an. an it's like about a, a specific a kind of rock and roll music that yeah. like, is, you know, and but, it's, but it's, like, more, it's politics more are not exactly like uh, intrinsically ingrained in the like fabric of what that genre is. You know. You know what it um, more. You know what, it, and this just kind of occurred to me while while, we, while we've been talking, like Alan, specifically for pieces of shit. So that's not what I'm insinuating. <laughs> kind of what I'm kind of what I'm thinking of is like as like a way in and and you know just kind of reframing it in that way that you mentioned mm. is it's like I think 
every musician, and I would dare say every artist, uh-huh. has fantasized about what it would be like if there just wasn't as much goddamn competition. Uh, You know what I mean? And so it kind of takes that fantasy to the extreme and it becomes being the last band on earth is not all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, like, because in the book... Almost everyone is wiped out. Hmm. Like all the coasts have been destroyed by yeah. the weather patterns and stuff. Like, like just like okay. the oceans swallowing up the coasts and things yeah. like that. And so the joke is like all the all the relevant, ba- you know, because everybody tells you you got to go to one of the coasts to do anything. Yeah, it's true. It's like all the bands that matter have been sucked into the ocean. So yeah. there's like so there's us now. Yeah, there's <laughs> us now pretty much. Yeah. And it's like basically going around and and you're a you're a glorified scrapper you're a mm-hmm. glorified you know like it's just mf ruckus and a bunch of bluegrass bands <laughs> <laughs> well and like, like so that's just what denver people was <laughs> like 10 years ago yeah. or, or, or i was people, in one of those bluegrass bands or people who have gotten stuck in the center of the country like there's going to be all kinds of people that just got stuck there when everything went yeah to just shit. a bunch of people with guitars sitting around campfires what, what, bluegrass <laughs> bands. what's, bluegrass fun, what's funny is we're, we're one of the last Bands and people still could not and people do shit. not want to fucking listen <laughs> to this like, shit. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know well. they're just like they're just like yeah. I guess you can do it. I mean, <laughs> if you, you know, want to, we're not to, up front. We don't have. We're not. We have money, but we're not going to be giving any. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, we're only into this because the internet isn't a thing anymore, right. and, and we're all really, really, really bored. Really fucking bored. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's another thing I would throw out: just um, not okay. having read, you know, but, right? Uh, not having read. So the book. I find uh, both in music and in comics, and just I guess in all art, like uh, there's a there's a way that the artistic underground chooses to do things that are not accessible. And then resent the fact that people don't grab onto it. Do you think we did something that was inaccessible? Uh, uh-huh. Because really, I think that that's that's a very key that's a very key thing. I because think, I, I think we're like. downright annoying about it. <laughs> well, you know, again, I'm saying this is not having read it. The head, right? But, but I'm saying like you make you make choices, and then you decide how accessible you can stand to be while while still being yourself, right? Right. But right, if you make right. these choices to be like, if you check down, like, okay, well, we made a black and white comic, so that cuts out some of the people, right? If if it's uh it's not a standard superhero art style mm-hmm. that takes out some people right it's not a um it's not a traditional narrative it doesn't go from beginning to end that cuts out some people I'm gonna use different type of lettering that's harder to read that cuts out some people do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's got satanic themes to it <laughs> yes yeah, so cuts cuts out out I, I know plenty about that well, that cuts out the good people that, dude that cut out <laughs> right. a, that cut out an animator for us oh that really? shit was crazy basically yeah, yeah. like Jamie Jamie who did the first book uh-huh. who you met out in the hallway um, you know, he just didn't have the time to do another one. Okay. And so we were looking for someone else and I found someone on Fiverr mm-hmm. and the guy animated a page from me it lo- or for me. It looked great. And I was like, here's the, the whole script. Here's the whole oh. book. Let's do it. And he read it and emailed me back. Like he was all excited to do it, and then I was like, "Hey, you ready to get started? I want to send you some money." And he's like, emails me back, and he just has all these areas circled in the book, and he's just like, "You seem like a nice enough guy, but I'm going to be straight with you. I'm into God, the church, the whole thing, yeah. and I can't." One do of this. them was my, that I'm in the band Hail, Hail Satan. Satan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was oh, like, that's that's pretty funny. he circled the, the word. Satanic panic is fucking over. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but, but man, that hey, yeah. pe- people still have their people still have their little superstitions. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You, 
you make a good point though that like just the smallest details can cut people mm-hmm. out of yeah. or or like well, turn people d- off of whatever you're creating. Yeah, so you just have to choose which ones you are open to. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like if you decide I'm making this on it might be a it might be a surprise hit. Because but, you never know is well, yeah. trail like But yeah, the, the thing is, is like there, if you are I guess I would choose more opportunities for it to succeed than like purposely stack the deck against something. For sure. You know what I mean? No, I mean, like how many times have you seen a project, even within the context of the fucking Denver comic book community, Mm -hmm. that uh, it's just like, are you... So you want this to fail right off the bat? Is that what you're saying? Like fucking you, and are you just cutting your legs off right. before well, you started walking? But there's also something to be said uh-huh. for specifying who you're making it for. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important to form a you know we. We kind of have our avatar fan, uh-huh. right? Joey Klontz. Joey dude. Klontz is a great. He, Joey is a great concept, dude. You know, like fucking, Joey. Uh, <laughs> I say all the time, if I had a thousand Joeys, we could all quit our day jobs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like Joey is the fucking man. He's like he's our number one dude. He is the prototype. Mm-hmm. He is the template. And what it becomes is going about finding all the other Joeys in the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I I was going to say, do you want to be Blink-182 or do you want to be Gigi Allen? You know, like those (laughs) are somewhere in between. And actually, uh, excellent example, I've only heard of one of those, right? (laughs) It's it's Gigi Ah! Allen. Of course. It's Gigi Allen. Because he shit on me. (laughs) It's like, hey man, we choose how popular we are. Let's be honest. Gigi182 is a great idea for a band. (laughs) Gigi182. But yeah, it's like all pop punk songs, but punching people, throwing diarrhea at them, peeing on them, like smashing your teeth out on stage but then like saying like all the small <laughs> yeah every, it's it's like what you would imagine one of those shows to go like all yeah. the small all shits all the <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> yeah so you know I love I, how we're doing this impression of Gigi Allen and Allen has no idea who Gigi <laughs> Allen is he's It'll like okay <laughs> sounds pretty <laughs> wacky I, I, I'm gonna find your comic book and I'm gonna read it and you look up Gigi Allen <laughs> <laughs> you look at homework don't right. worry about MF Ruckus just go yeah. see a man cut Forget himself the and wipe shit uh, up he in his was wounds. the worst yeah he's um, not a good person he was no. not a good person okay. I think about yeah. that photograph of him with his fans where he's dead often <laughs> you know, he, he died okay. overdose, just like at a party yeah. yeah. and people just thought he was passed out so there's oh. like all these photos of people being like, like partying with him wow yeah, that's just a just, photo yeah. of you yeah. with Gigi Allen's corpse you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy yeah, yeah. So, yeah, please continue. He was literally a shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> literally shitty. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think deciding who you want to reach and what your goal is, right? Right, right, right. So, like, if it's just uh, to be, if you're creating art to be personally significant, then you don't have to worry about that stuff, right? For sure. Right. Great distinction to make, actually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but if you're just like, but if you want to connect with people, you want people to buy it, then you have to think about what things in your story are the things that people would be interested in. Right. And that will feed into how you create it or feed into how you present it to people. Uh, do you guys know the artist in town, uh, Detour, Thomas Evans? He just did an exhibit at Red Line. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I, not by name. He does all these murals that uh, you would you definitely know. Yeah, stuff. you would right. recognize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so he just did an exhibit at Red Line, which was, um, he was imagining a band from 100 years in Denver's future. So first of all, he got like four dope local musicians to huh. be the band. Then he painted portraits of them. Then he got a guy who designs motorcycles that he found on Instagram. He he got Red Red Bull to sponsor it. 
So he got this guy Solid to dude. design a motorcycle <laughs> from the future. He designed instruments from the future and had them like uh, manufactured. Right. So when you go, um, it is not just about his painting, right? Like it, it is an event. Right. It is this thing, and he's really like good at figuring that kind of stuff mm-hmm. out, right? Because like, if he just wanted to paint, he could just paint. You know what I mean? Right. But, mm. but he figured like, how am I going to bring people into this and make it interesting? And right. even um, he wanted to write a story about the band so that he had like a narrative, which you know the story doesn't necessarily appear. But it, it informs everything he does. Mm-hmm. Right. So he used some of that Red Bull money <laughs> to uh, hire me to consult <laughs> with him for like two hours and tell him like how to write a story. Mm-hmm. And most people, if I'm doing that, it's going to take a few weeks. Him, two hours, he was like, oh, okay. And he said it all back to me and he got it. And I was like, that dude is It's a smart brilliant. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But I'm just saying like, you know, uh, creating the art is one thing. Marketing is a whole other thing. It's a whole other art. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's the, I mean, I've. At this point where I'm at in my career as an artist, I generally surmise the business networking, that whole entire, yeah. that, that aspect of this f- fucking life itself is to be more important. Like that's, it's like 55. Yeah. The actual like thing that you made is 45. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think like I can picture Andy Warhol quicker than I can picture one of his paintings. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like what a punchable hair do you? I was actually just thinking about this today. Like, cause I had a, I had a meeting with Josh and we were, we were going to do a video and it's based around a lot of his drawings and stuff like that. And we're talking about just the creative process in general. And it's like, you know, the gig is the easiest part, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. showing up really? and playing a show yeah. is the easiest part. Yeah. The hardest part is the shit that we're trying to do around it to generate interest to get in, people in, in the that door. show. Right. Right. God, right. you know, yeah, it's it's it could be the hardest thing in the world to do. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking if Very you're thinking true. about your book as like, what are the themes in it? How can you engage people? How can you make an event? You said that. Uh, this philosophical themes is that a big I mean there's 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 elements of it just uh, like moments to breathe you know like yeah, I mean it's a long story yeah, but see that's the problem right it can't yeah. be <laughs> but but that's <laughs> but, that's, that's the thing I have this like I have this long tail story like thesis that I want to present yeah. like I have and it changes all the time and it deepens and gets more contours uh-huh. but but I do have like an overarching thing kind of framed out. Yeah, I remember you, know you said that I mean? when you were a guest. Yeah. yeah, and so, so it's less about it, my my goal is less about trying to make it so that people like it. It's uh, more about being able to access the people whom it's for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like, and what we're kind of running into is this trouble with with navigating that, and also, like I mentioned, like having the budget to make it happen. Yeah. Like if you have a if you have the right marketing budget, you know, I mean, with the thing that we just did, we got a huge reach off a of three hundred euro. I mm-hmm. think is what went into the 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 marketing that the label did. Okay. I saw that as a huge win. Mm-hmm. You know, like a three percent click through rate, right. which I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm like a three percent conversion rate. That's awesome. Yeah. And just they because they're u- so used to presenting music videos mm-hmm. or lyric videos or live videos. Right. They it didn't perform as well as that more well-established model. Mm-hmm. So, and I am of the opinion that 
that we with the right type of creative team, mm -hmm. the right type of people we could, and the right resources to make that happen, yeah. we could reach the people who, well, I mean, who are going to pass the straw around mm -hmm. of our way in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pass the conduit around. Well, who is your who is your comic for? Our our comic is for uh -huh. like. Rock and roll comic fans. Our, our show. Totally. It's like, I mean, fucking. Did you point to me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, what I think was actually uh, what, what made me a good fit, I think, for, uh, you know, taking on this project is like. I'm just busting your nuts, <laughs> He's a professional no, ball buster. But, hey, hey, we didn't get this ball busting trophy for nothing, all right? Hey, here comes the dick punch. No. But that, that statement was very. That utterance was very telling, Logan. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. really funny. He's like, mm, yeah, I've told you. <laughs> All right. But no, no. Who is no, it for, no. though? No, it's it's for really what I wanted to do uh -huh. is I wanted to find a way to give our songs more of a life mm. because a lot of them, you know, I really – I, I'm into creating little universes and little scenes and little, you know, little, little mini stories in my mm. songs. You know what I mean? And I wanted to give I wanted to give them more life, and I wanted to give the people that do follow us and in, are into what we do. I wanted to give them more of a mythology to dive into. I wanted so, to give them more of a universe to dive into. So MF Ruckus fans, yeah, already. well, mm -hmm. fans and the people that our fans interact with, okay. who also might be like, I think about it like this. This is the metaphor I give a lot. Mm -hmm. You think about. A giant wrecker magnet in a junkyard. Uh -huh. All right. It swings over, it picks up a car, right? Mm -hmm. It picks up this giant structure that is then magnetized by the magnet. Mm -hmm. And then that car starts to pick up smaller items that are in the junkyard. Okay. You know, so I think of like our kind of avatar fans. Like yeah. I think of like our most diehard fans as being these magnets that will attract people with their enthusiasm. And we're kind okay. of, you know, we're kind of going around picking up all these people as we go. That makes it clear. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that I I think maybe what is, could be a struggle in that is say like a, all right. It's a really it, small pool. <laughs> but like, all right, so if I buy uh, the ultimate, magnet. ultimate Watchmen, right? Right. So this is like a reprint of Watchmen. It has Alvin Moore's like scripts, sketches, stuff like that, right? It's because I'm a fan of the book. Right. Mm. But if I'm talking to... we got to talk about that TV show after this. <laughs> the, the show. Okay. <laughs> but don't talk about last night because I haven't seen it yet. Me neither. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Right. But, uh, but for somebody who is not as big a fan, then these extra notes don't care, don't matter to right. them. You know? So if you are making a comic that is for the most dedicated MF Ruckus fans, even if they share it with people who are not dedicated MF Ruckus fans... It might not have the same appeal, right? So you have maybe think about like who else, who else could be a fan, right? And well, who, and it's and also them it's it? also for it's also for people like us uh -huh. who are into heavy metal and punk rock and weird trippy uh, illustrated yeah. features and and weird kind of dark subversive topics and post-apocalyptic you know you see, like fan you've, already, you've widened it just with that which is right, right well yeah, see yeah. and that's yeah. the thing is i think like i think about all the stuff we're into uh -huh. and the stories and the archetypes 
and little inside jokes. And mm. I just think of this whole universe and my whole idea was like, man, I am underutilizing this whole dimension of our band, which is the people within it and the universe that already surrounds us that we can draw from. Yeah. You know, we have a ton of so many of the characters in this in the book are uh -huh. based on archetypes that are based upon people we've interacted with. Okay. You know what I mean? And and created characters based on those archetypes. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I I just wanted to I wanted to expand upon that. And I and I guess I what uh, what the label had said is they were like, it would be one thing if like you guys were like this huge, well-established band yeah, like that Art then just like Tenacious mm -hmm. D For did sure. their comic, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's like they already have established themselves as the fucking D. Well, it's like same thing like, you know? like, like uh, Umbrella, or, or, uh, Umbrella Academy. Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and I mean, also just like two comic book enthusiasts, like people that fucking, right. I mean, you know, the, the kind of person that's like, Manowar, check. Mm -hmm. Fucking the goon, check. Check, right. Yeah. That's not everybody in the world, but there's enough of us, you know, like fucking, yeah, um, right. yeah like it, it definitely has broad appeal in that regard. Right. You know? and yeah, so there are people who would just check out an independent comic because it's an independent comic mm -hmm. and they're curious right. about it. Yep. So then that would be about getting to those independent comic shows because that's where those people go to look for it. Yep. Right. You know? But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were clear about who you're trying to reach right, and making sure that it is wide enough to support the creation of the comic, right? you know, then, then right. the next question becomes where are those people and how can I get it to them? Well, and I'm also trying to make it something that kind of sublimates who we are, mm -hmm. like, and makes us more of an archetype. Mm -hmm. Our archetype is the fucking, the road dog band Rock that is band like, the like pushing 40 and still trying to make the crazy thing work, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. just the frustrations and, and the highs and lows of it, you know, mm -hmm. like, one thing that I've set out to make constant in the book is our band name is only mentioned on the front cover. Hmm. Like, I... Oh, I never noticed that Yeah, I, that was deliberate. Me neither. Uh -huh. That was deliberate. Right. And the reason for that is I want it to be just like... Like, there's... Like, your name doesn't mean shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until it means shit. Okay. You know what I mean? And it, it's like, I don't know. It's It's this whole... Like I want to leave it, I, I want to leave it as something that just like sublimates any of our individual identities as as musicians, because we're all just trying to do the same fucking thing. <laughs> you right, know I'm, what I mean? I'm gonna ask you a question, uh, and it, it may be rhetorical, maybe it's for you to think about later. But right, uh, for someone who is not in a rock band, why would they read your book? Because it's funny. Okay. Because it's <laughs> funny. Because it's. Is it uh, funny to people who are not in bands? I would say yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, I have got all but kinds look at but look at like the hard times. Harvard, look at the success like. of the hard times. Uh -huh. You know, you know you've seen yeah. the hard times, yeah. right? It is all jokes that only apply to you if you're like in the this is going to sound super pretentious, but if you're in the counterculture, you know uh, what I mean? It's only like, totally. if you are like, there are jokes specifically for <laughs> bands that right. are on that, you right. know? And I see guitar center stays in business for a reason. You know, yeah. Sweetwater stays in business for a reason. And mm. it's because there are a lot of bands out there. We see them all the time. We have to compete with them. You mm -hmm. know, they're out there. Right. So it's really about 
like most of the people who follow us are people who are in other bands or they're artists or okay. they're writers or they're creators. So you or feel like that's your audience? Or they're industry people uh-huh. or they're like, they are the same type of people that something like the hard times is seeking to reach. Also, I want to make, like you said, hard times is for counterculture, but it's not just for people in bands. You know, right, but with, there's stuff in their content, yeah. which is specifically. Yeah. So I'm saying so, it's yeah. one thing to have that sometimes, but I'm right. saying like if that were the whole thing, like I wouldn't read it. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But I do read those headlines sometimes, and they're funny to me. Right, right. You know, and it's because I get it, but like if it were specifically about uh, using guitar picks, uh, you know, like I've never done How it. many times have you actually read the article? This is the real question. Yeah, I don't click on it a lot. You know, I and don't that click says, on it a lot is, is right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, I, like I've never done it before, but yeah. you know. That's, uh, that behavior right there, mm-hmm. that psychological like function mm-hmm. is a big thing to consider when you're talking about what you're putting out there in front of people's uh, eyes. It's that's, like, that's why our songs have gotten progressively shorter. <laughs> Good. Spotify, like 30 seconds dictates a, a play, like a, you know, like yeah. this thing has been played. Um, you know, that's listening to pop songs on the radio. You're at the fucking hook at 30 seconds, and it's not because yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's yeah. not right. unrelated to fucking Spotify, you know? Right. Well, if they really want to be successful, they'll start out with the hook at the very beginning of the song. You know what? You want to really be successful, don't be an artist. (laughs) Right. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't be in a band. Yep. For sure. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta remember. Most of the people who are like at the 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 top of the pyramid, like the people who've been in it a long time in the music business, the music business is not even a hundred years old. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe a hundred years old yeah. since recorded music has existed. And it has changed so incredibly much in that time. That's like, true. Like at the time that so many pop songs were written, mm-hmm. they were like guys who j- – there weren't so many people who could write songs. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, ah, I got this wacky idea for a song mm. that all the kids will like to mm. shake their tuchus to when <laughs> they're out in their cars driving around. Oh, and then, and then like the same band. Play. Yeah, yeah. Like on a whole bunch of hits. Oh yeah, the, you know, the, the like record yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. uh-huh. yep. yep. over Motown and rock. Uh, totally. Songs. Yeah. Yep. It was yep. it was way there was way less competition, and it was like the, the the people who did it were were fewer and farther between. And the beautiful part of it is because so many people got attracted to that, it multiplied rapidly and created more and more generations for of sure. people who are creating, um, which is awesome, hmm. and it makes for better shit. I yeah. think in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> you know, there's Ultimately. A, dude, there's there's yeah. a ton. There's a ton of things that came out this year, which could be argued. Like if you looked across all art created in the world, uh-huh. there has been stuff in the last year that has been better than anything in all time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because of the rate at which is it is created and the number of human. Say what? GG182, for example. <laughs> I can't believe I was here yeah. at the, the birthplace of GG182. <laughs> on this hollowed, gonna, consecrated ground. We are going to see that very, very <laughs> soon, dude. There's going to be a band traveling around and doing it all ironically, and it's going to be <laughs> hilarious. Is, are, are you suggesting that the four of us start Blink? Hey, Sorry, for GG 182 right now. I'm feeling it. We're, we're, we're accepting eight million dollars <laughs> for the Blink rights. Allen is better. Blink <laughs> Allen. <laughs> Those nice. are the those are the competing tribute bands in town. Um, it's I'm like out. ah, they got that gig. We were supposed to get that gig. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, yeah. uh, you, you guys have fun. <laughs> right, hey man. Gordo, what are we yeah, at time wise? 
right where we need to be for a break. All right, let's take a break. Cool, that we'll good. be back in a minute. content that you have access to at any given moment i think the tendency is for that or just for that concept itself to i always use this analogy uh when i was kids spencer's younger brother had a bag of ritz and he would he used to do this thing where he'd be like he would grab a ritz cracker lick the top of it and say butter's gone and then throw it over his shoulder and then just did that a whole bunch of times um, All right. and i think that there is a degree to which uh it's just less valuable ultimately like fucking you know how when you are real hungry, any food is great. Like I was just right, right there, right, 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 and right, when right. you're not, you don't got to be eating food. Right. I mean, it's just like fucking yeah. It, uh, right. It, if you have access to so much, so much of it, by contrast to what there used to be, exactly right. Um, so the message, the message here is: you'll get your two jumbo jacks, and you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's your jumbo jack and two tacos. Uh-huh. That, that's a deep joke that no one gets yeah, in this room. But it makes sense. Makes sense. That was that was like a joke. Okay, you guys know the band Essay. Do you know who Essay is? No, nope. uh, I don't think so. Nope. They're pretty they much they're they're they they're didn't. a band from Houston, Texas. <laughs> I know who they are. Stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to explain to these guys. You're doing a great job. <laughs> okay. They're basically they're basically the uh, the Mexican Motorhead. Okay. Like okay. they are. It's the it, it when we first started playing with them, they were a three piece band, and it's these two big fucking Mexican dudes up front and then their fucking little skinny white drummer dude and a big part of their whole act is first they have ripping songs you know all these like motor heady sounding songs mm-hmm. but then their stage banter was so fucking good mm-hmm. okay and they would just rip on each other back and forth and tell stories and constantly ripping on Johnny the drummer mm-hmm. like this is like in my opinion the golden age of essay like they're awesome now they've got they've got extra people in the band but the golden age was when they were just the three piece just like ripping on each other back and forth and one of the jokes that they would make it like if fucking Johnny would like complain about anything, they'd be like, they'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, shut the fuck up! You'll get your two jumbo jack, or you'll get your jumbo jack and two tacos, and you'll like it. <laughs> and it would always get a laugh out of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like kind of just become this like to us like an inside joke nah. to mean you know like like hey you're you're lucky to get what you'll you get. Nothing and like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'll be lucky to get what you get and it's not going to be that much. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that kind of being an artist. That there kind of. <laughs> seems to be what it continues to come back to every time this conversation comes up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is it's like it's like pretty much the answer to it's like all these things are happening and it's, these challenges are associated and it's really hard and it's like man I just I just can't sustain the thing and I'm not reaching the people I want to reach. It's like the advice always kind of comes back to. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're, 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 we're all Me just... Me too. Yeah, Same. Yeah. 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 We're all well, just a little further up the pile. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I, I think ACDC said it best. It's a long way to the top. It is. If you want to rock, rock and roll. roll. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, you got to stick with it, or you got to give up and get your nine to five. Sticking with it is a uh, is or be happy with what, what, what you is, get. You know, yeah. <laughs> or be happy with what you get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yep. Let's give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Oh yeah. This is the best part of the show, arguably. <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, Matula Plumbing. Matula. Matula! 
<laughs> shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. The master of poopers himself, our most venerable name, Venereal Sponsor. Uh, man. Venereal? Venereal. Not yeah. venereal. Like he's, yeah. he's, cool. he's crawling with um, venereal disease as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and venereal does have some relationship to toilets, and he does fix toilets. He is the that. master of poopers. There, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jerry Matula, uh, tell him the boys sent you. He'll wear the booties for you. Uh, Angie's List Super Service Award winner back in 2011. One one's the only one that matters. You're really good at this, dude. I heard, <laughs> I heard, I heard another one too that Laura posted, and I can't remember it. But it was another. Um, oh God, what was it? I can't fucking remember what it was. Oh, by the way, uh, Jay Party Lord and I are gonna start. Like Jerry didn't go for the design that um, that Jay sent him. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to make the shirts anyway nice. and distribute them to people. He's like, hey, man, I don't appreciate you representing my business like that. It's like, sorry, dude. It's all out of respect. Yeah. Yeah. What did he dislike about it? Uh, he th- he thought the logo was – he thought it was looked like the Batman logo, I guess. And I was like, this nah. one? No. no okay. uh, yeah. No. No, the Matula Plumbing one that mm-hmm. uh, Jay Party Lord did for Okay. Him. Okay. He did. Uh, like he, one. Doesn't, he doesn't like Batman? I right. don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think – but it has like a – Batman. It has like the Metallica metal up your ass, but instead of like the guitar coming out of the toilet, mm-hmm. it's the fucking uh, what is it? It's a toilet plunger going up your ass. That's nice. And it says yeah. Matula Plumbing. Jerry up your ass is what it says. <laughs> We're gonna make those. They're super cool. Matula. Matula. Uh, Jerry Matula. If you need any plumbing done in the Chicago area, you should hit our man up. He's awesome. Uh, Evergroove Studio. In Evergreen, in the Black Mountain region <laughs> of uh, of Evergreen, Mountain. Colorado, uh, it's just an amazing place to make a record. Uh, Brad and Jenny and the Ethans and the whole crew there are fucking amazing, and they make great records. And I have it on good authority that our record, like the whole son of a bitch, is going to be mixed and mastered by February. Ooh. So keep your eye out for a summer release. Bam. It's going to be the feel-good hit of the summer. They're going <laughs> to dance to it. Tell them the boys sent you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> solar-powered, 70% solar-powered. Solar-powered, We have to add that caveat. 70%. Honest transparency is very, very important to Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Evergroove for your next project. Don't ask about that. Uh, Flipside Music, <laughs> largest selection of effects pedals in the region. That's true. In the whole region. I don't know where the region begins or ends, but <laughs> he's the he's the biggest one. They, they, nobody has more pedals than they do. Nobody! I need to hit them up about a uh, DD200. Yeah, man. Yeah. And we need to hit uh, Ike up about some cables to make our podcast go better. I'm doing illustration work for them. Are you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Flipside Music yeah. on the Rock Block <laughs> on South Acoma Street alongside uh, the Keep Recording Studio and uh, Blackout Screen Printing and a bunch of other places. Go down there and check it out and tell like the boys sent you. He was here last week. Yep. Yeah, good he episode. was. It was a good episode, man. Yeah. Or a week before. Nathan Lund was here last oh, week. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, a fun one. Uh, we had a good talk. So pissed off. We'll get we'll get him back on. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, twenty seven twelve Larimer Street, right next to Larimer Lounge. Stop in for a drink and see our buddy Mikey Mulligan over there at the Larimer Lounge, and then head on over to Hourly Rehearsal Studios, fully furnished, fully equipped, clean, 
uh, fully functional, just like providing excellent service. Kate is fucking amazing, and all the people who work for her are amazing. It's it's the best hourly rehearsal spot in town. Uh, tell them we sent you Rocket Space. You ain't got to carry shit. Uh, thenugnation.com this podcast and all the podcasts that we ever podcasted since we got out of Tony's living room have been done here at the Nug Nation studios it's true at an undisclosed location in Rhino in Denver, Colorado oh we don't disclose the location oh we it sounds more mysterious when you do that it's it like is at mysterious. an undisclosed location I, I was thrown into the, it's in, like, to the back it's of a like big black van much. and then <laughs> blindfolded yeah. and just dropped you, you, off here you gotta be invited over well. here yes you gotta be invited over here don't tell nobody <laughs> go to the nugnation.com check out all the rad content that we make um especially uh i love my i think my favorite thing that we've done is the interview with jaron benton and flick that was such an awesome good time uh that was bong burgundy at his finest i had a really good time doing that check out the video we did with billy ray cyrus check out our uh our serialized episodes and keep your eye out because we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff in 2020 man uh so go to the nugnation.com to see what it's all about. Didn't you guys just uh, interview Redman? Uh, we we interviewed Ritz recently for yeah. a Bong Burgundy talk, and then um, Redman is actually doing a piece of content for us. Oh, cool! Like he's going to do like a Q and A thing yeah. where people send in questions, and then like uh, his responses will be animated as dude. We've got a nug cool. made for him and everything nice. called the Doc. It's really cool. Uh, yeah, check it out at thenugnation.com. Uh, Mutiny Information Cafe. This is a mutiny transmission, as is Motherfucker in a Cape. How do you like being a mutiny transmission? Mutiny is everything. Mutiny is everything. They are everything. Everything is a great, is a fine way to describe it. Mutiny is everything, right in the heart. They are literally the heart of Denver, Colorado. And and, like they are the cultural epicenter here. Books, coffee. Records, comics. live events, uh, comics, podcasts, cereal, uh, magic shows, cereal. Just Nobody has a larger selection of Torini syrups. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is it is such an awesome place, and it is so important. Go it's down the penultimate there. destination. It, it is, man. It, it whenever people get into town and they're looking for the thing to do, I'm like, go to the mountains and go to Mutiny. That's pretty much it. Yep. I mean, that's not it, it, but those are... Those but all things that start with M, yeah. way. Yeah. They shouldn't... And, 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 it, it means, and cheese. I prefer the mmm <laughs> approach because it's the tasty way to go. <laughs> also, uh, Masa Momida. Yeah. Ma- <laughs> you got to go to Masa Momida if you're oh, in Mid- you know. And, and Redbrocks, too. You got to go to Redbrocks. <laughs> go to Redbrocks, Masa Momida. <laughs> Mutiny and the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, uh, them. yeah, we love we love <laughs> Mutiny, man. Tell tell them the boys yeah. sent you. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's also see. Also brought to you by Rad Dad. Rad Dad, yeah, Rad Dad, the, the maker of the Rad Dad cup. Yep. I, <laughs> hey, you know what? The missus got this for me, and I think it's pretty neat. Mm. <laughs> The only way to tell. I like the font. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it like lets people know that like I'm, I just I'm metal, but I'm responsible. It. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's not a beer koozie. It's like it's a mug for like you. I mean, except for sometimes you don't really drink booze out of a coffee. Mug. <laughs> it's, it's almost coffee. Except, it's except almost for old English font, but not not old quite. English man, it lets people yeah. know that like you know I pay my bills and I take care of my kids and stuff. But you know, man, I'm. I never. I mean, I don't party or anything. But yeah, I have partied before. <laughs> technically, that's what I'll tell my kid someday. <laughs> technically, I'm going to tell my kid I didn't party. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I think we've arrived at the most important people behind this podcast and everything that we do, the brave souls who back us via a recurrent contribution on patreon.com slash mfruckus. You guys are the shit, man. Thank you so much. You keep the machine rolling forward. You're the reason we're able to do this. It is beautiful. We've been able to make comics. We've been able to make the motion comic. We've been able to keep this podcast going. We've been... Pretty much, most of the money goes to Jake. I'm going to be honest. So, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 really amazing. Jake gets to eat sandwiches thanks to I do it. Yeah, and washes four shirts. Yeah, yeah, and washes <laughs> yeah. four Less shirts. Less of that than there ought to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just think of him as like Tiny Tim with a pencil. Mm. Man. Really That's fun. Uh, thank you guys so much. Here's your shilling. Little Hobbit t-shirts. <laughs> Check it out at Patreon.com/slash. MF Ruckus. So, uh, we're here talking with Alan Brooks, our Alan Brooks. Um, thank you so much for coming, bringing your book. Uh, I'm really excited to read it and check it out. It's like, I mean, dude, th- this thing looks beautiful. Um, cover. Thanks. What Thanks. can you what can you tell it just give us the rundown on the burning metronome like like what it means to you what's been your experience writing it like some of the things that you're especially proud of let's just you know let's use this last little bit of time to just like yeah. talk about how you're fucking kicking ass man I want to appreciate that I, I really appreciate you coming in and giving us some insight cool you know a big a big part of this this podcast uh-huh. is sitting down once a week and like working through little hiccups in the operation with yeah. other people that are hanging out with us. And it's really cool when we get an opportunity to sit down and talk with someone who has nice. so much insight about something that we really don't know anything about for them. Well, Jake knows about it. I know some shit. Yeah, yeah, don't throw me hey, in whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know some shit. So, so yeah, tell us, tell people about the burning metronome. Tell us about what the story is and, yeah, some of the things you're, you're most proud of about it. Uh, so it's super influenced by Twilight Zone, I'll say. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and this is not directly by the Bernie Metronome, but I do want to share it. So Rod Serling, who created Twilight Zone, uh, he died uh, a month and a half before I was born. He died in Ithaca, where I was born. Uh, this is how I make the case that I'm Rod Serling. That you are Rod, so Rod yeah. Serling's I mean, spirit. My first name, you. First name is yeah, Rodney. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, the, the cool thing is, uh, you know how people say that thing of like, never never meet your hero, never learn about your hero, right. whatever. Mm. So with Twilight Zone, I always Met felt Rod like... Rod Serling's skeleton? <laughs> <laughs> he dug I, it up. I always yeah. felt like he was talking about like, uh, like war or sexism. Like I felt like he was talking about social issues. Mm-hmm. And so then I did research on him. It turns out this dude uh, worked in television for 12 years before he came up with The Twilight Zone. He was always trying to write about war, racism, sexism. He tried to write about the murder of Emmett Till. Are you guys familiar with that? Right. Yeah, was yeah, that yeah, the, yeah. Was that the uh, like TV uh, live play that no. he did? Okay. Uh, it, it was a young... Is that, that's what Mississippi Burning's about, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a uh, he was like 12 or 13 years old, yeah, yeah. And they said he whistled at a white woman and then they lynched him. And yeah. he, right. Yeah. He, so Rod Serling was horribly, yeah, horribly disfigured. Oh, wait, no, that's, yeah. not, that's not what Mississippi Burning's okay. about. That's I've never one. seen yeah. Mississippi Burning. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, no, it's, it's a different one. But uh, so Rod Serling wanted to write about that and they censored him. They uh, moved it to um, Mexico so that people, television viewers in the South, this is, he was just writing TV, it wasn't Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that viewers in the South wouldn't be offended. They changed the race. They changed everything. Right. And so he was constantly getting censored. 
and then whenever he would get censored, he would go to uh, the news and be like, hey, I try to write about racism, but they censor me. So they eventually called him the angry young man of television. Mm-hmm. And so he's fought this battle for 12 years. And eventually, he came up with this idea that maybe if I put these stories in fantasy and sci-fi, I won't be censored. Right. He was not a fan of fantasy or sci-fi. So then he met with Ray Bradbury. He was like, hey, can you tell me how to write sci-fi? Huh. <clears throat> and so uh, then he comes up with this show. And that's like the whole purpose. The, the purpose of the show for him was to be able to talk about social issues mm-hmm. without being censored, which was incredible to me to find that out. Wow. And then on YouTube, there's a, a, a audio recording of him giving a speech for the 1966 UCLA commencement. Mm. Uh, so this is after Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. So they brought God, him that's on. A, that's a good speaker at your fucking commencement ceremony. <laughs> right. That's, right. I, I want that. Right. <laughs> so they bring him on because he's a Twilight Zone dude. He uses the occasion to advocate for civil rights. Mm. Wow. And I was like, damn, Rod Serling? Rod Serling was fucking cool. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh-huh. So it made me even more happy, you know, to like look, look at him as like a hero. In right, right. Totally. Uh, so with this book, Burning Metronome, I did want to try to continue that legacy of talking about things that were important to me, but doing it in a way that was not preachy and that was just actually entertaining. Right. You know? Right. I think it's really a powerful thing to look at how we treat um, each other as human beings from the outside, which is why I use people who are not human so that we have that outside view. There's this thing that I've been saying that basically all the isms, racism, sexism, ageism, whatever, they come from either... A refusal or a failure to see the humanity of the other person. Right. So for people who refuse, they've already made the decision. Mm-hmm. But people who just fail to see it, right, are, is a really powerful way right. to put them in somebody else's shoes. Right. And so that's what I'm always trying to do with art, and that, that's what I try to do with Burning Metronome. And so uh, that is kind of what inspired the way that I wrote this book. One of the things that I'll say though is one of the things I'm most proud of about it is kind of a subtle thing. This is a story with the uh, main protagonist who is an old black man. And of all the people who read it, nobody's ever brought that up, which I think is an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it means that they have connected, even though he's technically not a human character, they've connected with his humanity. Uh Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So nobody's like, uh, so was it hard for you to write a black protagonist in today's society? Nobody's ever brought it up. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, ever. Yeah. Maybe after people hear this interview, they'll be like, the secret side. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that I'm really happy about. Uh, Also, with the first chapter dealing with police brutality, that's not an easy thing to deal with in a way that, uh, that doesn't get me attacked you know what i mean i know it's but, such it's such a hard topic yeah it's a really hard topic um man i kind of i kind of wanted i kind of want to talk about that a little bit mm. you know that's that's a hard topic to talk about yeah and so i grew up my dad was a police officer for 43 years okay and i know that Cops throughout history have done tons of fucked up stuff. Yeah. You know, I know, like, like I've watched the news reports alongside with everybody else as they've come out over the years. You Uh know, I mean, I haven't, I, like, I just, but I just grew up in a different side of it. Yeah. You know, I grew up with a man who was very kind and loving and warm and supportive. Uh And even though throughout the years he has, we have, from time from time to time, uh, been at odds in terms of our social views. Yeah, you know. In fact, uh, uh, to a great deal. Uh-huh. You know, he's an amazing man. Yeah, and 
it seems like it's very difficult to have that conversation mm-hmm. without it just like flaming out of control. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and it, and it's and it's such a it's such an important thing to talk about, and it's a, such an important thing for like people to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like cops are kind of used to being on the offensive all the time and the defense right. and the defensive and like trying to cover their ass. Yeah. So it makes it so that they won't, they won't throw the quote unquote bad apples. They won't like throw them under the bus and make right. it happen. Right. Well, yeah, you know I mean, what I fucking, mean? It's, a, it's definitely like gang mentality, fucking stick together, fucking, you know, there's but, that, but, but that see, that's the thing you know? that comes from a very human place, mm. which sure. is, which is, You've got at the top, you've got your bosses who mm. are politicians and politicians are going to flip flop on issues all the time. They're going yeah. to uh, go certain ways according to special interests. They're going to go, they're going to sway certain ways according to public opinion and, and whatever it is. So their bosses aren't on their side. Mm-hmm. And then even though when the shit hits the fan, we're glad the cops are around mm. people really, uh, are very rarely excited to see the cops. Oh, fuck no. So, the, yeah. so, then, so then on the other end of it, nope. the yeah. customers, the clients, the, 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 the base of people that they work with are not super excited to see, each, see them. Mm. So they're kind of in the middle and they're like, well, basically the only people that we can rely on uh-huh. is each other. Each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. We can only advocate for each other. So they have this like... This unspot, well, totally spoken rule because it's been in every fucking cop movie forever. <laughs> right. But I mean, that shit is real, man. Mm-hmm. And I really do think, and and I think it can be argued that that crime is down, violence on the planet is down, and coverage of it is has exploded. Mm-hmm. Like we are hyper aware of everything that is out there. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm hoping that hyper explosion of of coverage of that leads to the correct ethics seeping into the collective consciousness of the people involved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I guess I feel like police unions are really the biggest problem. Really? Because uh, single cops can't admit that there are problems. Mm. Police unions, no matter what it is. And they're the ones who talk to they, the media. Yeah, they right. crush it immediately. Like, mm. they're like, right. no, 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 yeah. no. Right. You know, and they wield a certain type of power um, that ma- that stops even police that other police would say, hey, they did a terrible thing. Mm. Police unions will not admit it. Yeah. And, you know, they offer full protection to them as well. And so they're the most inflexible. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that uh, my best friend growing up used to rap with me. Um, he became a cop. Mm-hmm. And so he's a undercover sheriff. He, like, breaks up meth rings, wears, like, fake gold grills and stuff like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. 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 And so I talked to him um, before I wrote this story because I wanted to get – I was like, what is it for you being a black cop in the South? Right. You know, what is it like? And so we talked about some stuff because it, it was inter- it was more interesting to me to write um, something that was uh, that fairly represented both sides. Right. And so uh, the thing that I would say, one of the things that I'm saying I'm proud of with the book is that um, police that I've talked to who've read it don't feel attacked. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though 
I talk about some hard things. Right. You know, and so whatever that's worth, you know, it's cool. For sure. I mean, fucking is at least encouraging in that like it's like there would be that would elicit that response in somebody who was a police officer, you know. Yeah. Right. That, you know, that you are kind of like gravitating around self-reflection for a person reading it there, you know, a police officer reading the book is a is a positive step is good. Yeah. 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 I don't know how it is for you guys, but I feel I feel that stories are so important for that reason Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is, you know, you can use I don't think it's any secret that you can use stories, metaphors to communicate very complex ideas to people and they can change the way that an entire culture thinks. Right. And if your stuff gets to the right people and it's articulated in such a way that reading the story will bypass the critical faculty Mm -hmm. and and get through like using hypnosis language now. Absolutely. (laughs) I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. But it's Can I bring NLP into it? But but it's the truth. (laughs) But it's the truth. Structurally, you know, and and there's this importance to like like I hate what I hate the damage that certain ideologically religious people have brought into the world like mm-hmm. I, I I detest that that has happened mm-hmm. but I also can like see the value in mythology mm-hmm. you know what I mean yep. I, 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 and, and I'm talking about from the polytheistic eras uh, all, all the way up to now like yeah. I think I think the idea of stories and narratives and I, it, it can in, like that I mean, shit like, can determine an ideology mm-hmm. or it can in, can in, encourage a a level, a, a dimension of social thought, you know mm. what I mean? And that's so important. That's like something that I want to do with our book. Yeah. And I guess, man, that's, I, that's really, that's really incredible that you're thinking like mm. that, that, that is what you are incepting into the consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really cool. Uh, thank you. I, I think another part of it is the, the approach, like as you guys approach things, like I really try to pay attention to what in stories grabs people. Mm-hmm. You know, like how does this story go about grabbing people yeah, visually, right. emotionally, uh, dialogue-wise, stuff like that, and try to incorporate it into the stuff that I write, so that it is like I guess the first thing is that it has to be entertaining. People have to enjoy right. it, right? Because yep, yep. it doesn't matter what politics I put in; people don't enjoy it. They're not going to pass it on to anybody else, right? You know, so when, I guess, you know, when I decided that I wanted to be a writer, my every spare moment was listening to, like, writer podcasts, and I read writer books, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. stopped listening to music in the car, and it was mm-hmm. just podcasts, you know, filling my brain. Dude, you can do, do so much yeah. just on the fucking drive, right? Man, right? <laughs> right, it's true. You can learn so much, yeah. dude. Yeah. We're speaking the same language. That's <laughs> great. Right yeah, no, I'm, I'm into that, man. Yeah, so uh, I think understanding how... The machinery of story works right. allowed me to do a lot with what I wanted to do socially. Right. You know, and the response has been way more than I ever could have predicted. You know, like, so this is probably the best feedback I ever got. There's a woman who, uh, I may have told you the story, there's a woman who bought my book at San Diego Comic Con last year. She just had two strokes. Mm-hmm. So she had aphasia, you know, difficulty picking which words mm. they would be switched around. So um, I saw her this year. And she came up and she was speaking better 
and she told me that she uses my book for her speech therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I was like, well, how does that work? And she was like, uh, so I guess she reads a chapter, the therapist reads a chapter, and then she has to describe in her own words what happened in the book. She's like, a lot of weird shit happens in your book. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't even know how I would describe it. <laughs> you know, so, right, right. But, you know, there's some, something really crazy about the fact that these are characters I thought of, like, on a toilet or something. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And that right. it has this effect on somebody who lives in another state who's going through their whole life. Um, it's just amazing. It's an that, amazing right, experience. That experience is great. That's yeah. like, cool. uh, oh, you know, like, reading an article that has lyrics you wrote in it that uh, was like wow that was weird to see that in the westward right, right like right. that because that right. that's just a thing that's in my brain and there's always something going on inside right, this right. fucking thing yeah. so you know getting to see it like that is it was I remember the, well, the first time it happened it was like it was like alarming you know like oh, that's, <laughs> yeah oh that's for, weird for that reason I tend to prefer that if I'm going to do any type of press, it's going to be like someone emails me questions oh, and I yeah. write them back or it's like a podcast thing mm-hmm. where like I go on and I'm actually like what I'm saying is actually being heard like, yeah. in context. Oh, dude. Yeah. I How many times have you done like an interview uh-huh. and like you're like, man, I think I gave him a really comprehensive idea <laughs> of what I'm doing and, blah, 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 and you feel really good. And then you yeah. see the article and you go. Wow. <laughs> Were they just sitting on the other end of the phone just going, well, this guy ever shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah, got it. Bye. That, cool. That does happen. Yeah. They like yeah. sat it down and made a sandwich or something. Uh-huh. So so what's next for you? Like, what are you working on now? Uh, so Burning Metronome 2 is being colored now. It's all written and drawn. Um, there's one called Anguish Garden, which is uh, allegory for leaving white supremacy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, it's a post-apocalyptic western it's like five years after an al- a human Earth war with aliens. Right. We won, but certain humans are infected by the aliens. Right. So there's a... That's exactly our story. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be hearing from our attorney. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's our story. It's <laughs> a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. it is a really cool idea for sure. Right. right. It's a super cool <laughs> idea. But so there's a quarantine where the people who are infected have to go to this called Anguish Garden. And I'm going to use all of that as like a, a commentary on families being separated at the border. Um, and then uh, the main character thinks she's doing the right thing by protecting healthy humans and forcing the infected humans into, you know, the in, into Anguish Garden. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that uh, as things go out, she realizes that those people don't show any symptoms. They're not monsters. She's been told that they're monsters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and that has to be the process. So that's like the undercurrent on the outside. It's just a badass Western. She's quick with a gun. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And that one's uh, Layouts by Kevin Karen, Pencils by Dalen Ogden. Yeah, I was going to say, who's are, who are all the are, are artists that have worked on this issue? Uh, yeah. So it's uh, Kevin Karen's doing all the layouts, which is basically like where everybody like Jake knows what that means, but, yeah. but it's just like uh, the setups for the panels, like the camera yeah, angles. What, is, like what does the workflow look like? Yeah, Tell yeah. us a little bit about how I, the workflow I, works. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I write a script. Uh, I break it down to um, like page one, five panels, panel one, some such and such happens, panel two, such and such, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually, uh, usually it's pretty deliberate. So if an artist comes back to me and says, hey, um, I think... I got an idea for it. I can I can do it in four panels instead of five. Mm-hmm. I'm open to it. But if they just like are not paying attention and just bullshit through it, then I'm displeased. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. This is a this is an Alan Mar- or an Alan Brooks trademark. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, 
so then in this case, uh, I have somebody doing layouts, Kevin Karen, because he's brilliant at it, right? So Very right. Good. like if we were going to show this scene, um, it could be from Gordo's perspective. It could be from above. It could be a shot from Wait, down here. Who? <laughs> Oh, he's so there. Sorry. <laughs> the perv in the window. <laughs> weird man leering at us from the other room. <laughs> right. Are you going to put some curtains up or what? <laughs> Seriously. I right. get what you're saying. Like, different angles. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 different perspective yeah. compositions, you know. Like, and, like yeah. when Jake does a breakdown. Yes. It's the same, yeah, okay. it's the same exactly thing it. as breakdown. That's, that's that's they're interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. You have a whole, you have a person whose entire job is just to create the breakdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because he's really, really strong at that. And a lot of artists say, he gets with a lot. Of, he gets a lot of work uh, yeah. doing that. Yeah. And he does it yeah. really quickly. Like, huh. most comics artists uh, really agonize over the Breakdowns are a pain. Yeah. But Kevin Karen's really, like, great at it. So, and the other thing is, like, if... If we were going to show this conversation and the camera was just always here for every panel, it would be boring. Right. 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 Got to get like those the same wood shot. principles. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right. So, you got uh, to mix exactly. it up and like you get change it. shit around. Yeah. You know? So there's uh, what Jake's mentioning is uh, Wallywood did like 22 panels that always work, which you can Google. Um, and it just has 22 like different camera angles that you can use to make like a conversation interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, and I often send that to artists that I'm working with so that they just have it printed out by wherever they draw, mm-hmm. and, you know, they just have it as an idea. Yeah. So Kevin Cameron's doing that. Um, Dalen is doing the the drawing, like the pencil and the inking, which means that, like, she's doing the more refined detail, the character development, the acting, right? Right. So, like... Uh, also, super fucking talented. Yep. Dalen she's great. so good. Yeah. And so she, uh, like, I think the importance of that is a well-drawn comics page, you should be able to get, I'm going to say, 80% of the story without any words from the faces and the body language right. and the positioning, right? So somebody who can just draw doesn't mean they can necessarily draw comics. Yeah. Right. You know? Because yep. you have to, it's acting. You have to understand human nature. You have to understand body language, et cetera. So yeah. that's what Dalen's doing. And she's she's doing a great job at it. Wow. And then Sarah Menzo Trappel, she just got married, Sarah mm-hmm. Menzo Trappel, um, she is doing the color. And color in comics is very much like the soundtrack. Right. So it sets the emotional it's a tone. Great way to describe it. Right. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> the background tones and like the yeah. purples or reds or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they do it in movies all the time. Like, oh yeah. yeah. You could do. You could color this scene literally, mm-hmm. or you could have us all in like shades of red or like, like sepia tone yeah. or something mm-hmm. like. Yeah, that. and that would create different like those different takes would create different emotions. Yep. Right. Yep. And so uh, Sarah is really brilliant at that, and it's it's great because when I was writing it. These are all the people that I wanted to do those things, but I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get them, you know? Right. And so these were all my first choices, and they all signed on for it. And so I'm— So how, how, how do you make that work? How do you pay everybody? So I paid them all uh, to do a seven-page preview. Okay. And then I'm going to use that to kickstart it with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's coming in February. February 2nd. Okay. When does this get posted? <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, February yeah, potentially uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it'll probably it'll probably be like tomorrow or the next day. Well, uh, look for Anguish Garden on Kickstarter cool. February second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, uh, oh, I, 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 I have an idea. I, I totally forgot about this. Oh. Yeah. So I. <laughs> okay. 
Fuck, and I'm also really high, so it's just like, <laughs> out of my brain. Okay. It's a high no, D. No one can tell. Uh, <laughs> the mile high. No one can tell. No one's looking at you. No one's watching you. Nobody's looking at you. No one's nobody's putting you on no, the spot. Nobody would have known if you wouldn't have said anything. Dude, it's legal here. <laughs> it's legal here, man. That means you're supposed to do it all the time. No, so, okay, so I had this I had this idea of like, so we're, we've got another single that's like ready to go, mm-hmm. right? So I had this idea of like, we're like, Take the next issue, and we so should make. So you're the old black. I'm man. the old. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we should. He's so relatable. So, so I, I guess we brought we brought Alan character. on the podcast to announce our collaboration. I will be playing the old black man in the 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 film version of the Burning Metronome. Hey, that'll get the podcast some attention. People get really mad at that suggestion. That's true. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. whitewashed him. Yeah, totally. That's they will. Oh, that's true. Yeah, nice job, that. Julia Roberts. Really? Right. Really? Scarlett Johansson. Oh, the, yeah. the Little yeah. Mermaid now? Are you serious? Are you serious? Who gives a shit? Let them make Steven. characters whatever they want to make characters. Who fucking cares, man? I think we're, yeah. we're getting away from your idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so the idea would be we take we take the best frames of the whole book, right? And we have Macy take and we animate all the best frames. Sure. Then we give that over to the guys at Bridge City Sessions mm-hmm. in Portland, right? Macy's based in Portland, so they could even get together and have creative yeah, yeah. meetings, uh-huh. right? So we send, we we give them kind of the best the best handful of panels and animate them, right? This, and you're talking about for the right, right. Uh, for number three. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we have then we have Bridge City Sessions make a music video. Mm-hmm. And we film part of it at the Acropolis. We get the permission to film at the Acropolis. Uh huh. And we find <laughs> oh, no, a, it's closed. We dude. find a show at Dante's that we can jump on, and we fly out and we play the show at Dante's. Have the guy film the show, and then go over the next day and film over at the strip club and make a video out of all of that. But wait, the, the Acropolis closed, didn't it? No, it 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 didn't. It, I think it got <laughs> shut down for being gross for a little bit. Okay, good, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the exact reasoning was, but I'm pretty sure it was because of gross. Oh, okay. That would be this my guess. A, in the because issue of the I mean, come on. The band. I, I've, oh, I've worked at, yeah. I have worked at restaurants that have had their doors closed by, by some sort of authority before. It's a good all-encompassing term, gross. Yeah, something. Yeah. 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 Right. You have to do something pretty gross to get your doors closed. So we'll just, suffice to say, they'll uh, be pretty excited to see us come through. <laughs> So don't eat at Acropolis. Yeah, actually, <laughs> they're like, we've been looking to rebrand and kind of get our image back. So doing a music video for you guys will be a perfect <laughs> career move. Speaking of all-encompassing terms, I had a question for you, Alan, really quick. Uh-huh. How do you feel about the term Afrofuturism? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's interesting. A 5280 magazine just did a story on Afrofuturism, and I was interviewed in it. That was, oh, uh, really? Last month, yeah. Oh, damn. I didn't even what, know. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what I have to read that. What does that mean? Uh, so basically the idea is that in sci-fi and all visions of the future is only white people, right? Oh, right. So uh, this is like, why aren't black people in the future? Mm. And so this... Afrofuturism is sort of a broad, all-encompassing term, but it's a picture of black people in the future. It includes music, it includes books, movies, etc. Um, so, okay, like, uh, okay. Parliament Funkadelic sometimes are included under Afrofuturism. Yeah, yeah. Like Janelle Monáe and 
yeah. a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. because the characters that they were presenting were supposed to be in the future. Yes. They were like kind of carto- cartoonish future characters that, that were also black people surviving yeah. in the future. Mm. I never thought of that dimension of, of Funkadelic before, where right. they were like really <laughs> talking about like them as though they were right. from the future. So they're kind of the commentary. progenitors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, really cool. Uh, there's this uh, comic. Well, I just never heard the term before, you know oh. what I mean? In, in relationship to them. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's this comic called uh, Legion of Superheroes, uh, which is DC Comics. It started in maybe the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Superboy, who is the young Superman. Superman is a teenager. He goes to the future, meets teenagers who are a superhero team from like the 25th century. Right. right? So uh, it, it's gone on for years. But in the 70s, I think, somebody wrote in and was like, why aren't there any black people in the future? And so uh, apparently the editor at the time, whose name I don't know, was not a big fan of black people. So oh, Surprise. Yeah, so his response was... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, dude in the fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his response was that black people in the future self-segregated and moved to an island that only... Oh, fucking That great. goes into a different dimension and only reappears every 100 years. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that's uh, kind of yeah. cool, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. They just go back and fuck everybody up. <laughs> Peace. That's the Garvey dream. But it, it, so eventually, they brought a character into the Legion superhero who was from that island, right. who was super lame. His name's Tyrock, <clears throat> and uh, he—if you Google him—he has like an Elvis collar with tiny shorts. So the artist at the time, Mike Grell, hated the idea. And just thought it was inherently racist. So he purposely gave him, like, the worst out costume mm-hmm. that he could think of. I always forget that your knowledge of superhero stuff is as as encyclopedic as it, as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's really funny, man. Uh, so if you Google, like, just, uh, like, 1970s Tyrock, you'll see. And it's just it's super terrible. But Mike Grell, that was, like, his way of fighting back against. Making a terrible oh, comic? Yeah. He's like, listen, I'll make it for you, but I'm going to make it yeah. the shittiest comic I can possibly <laughs> yeah. think of. Wow. It's like Harrison Ford with the voiceover in Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. How many get, versions are we up to on Blade Runner now, for Christ's sake? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, Four. I got to be honest, I haven't seen anything in the Blade Runner canon that I dislike. I, oh yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm a big fan. I like the well, the yeah the animate yeah. the animated sequel was dope. I can't remember the name of it, but um, the remake. You were a fan of the remake. I liked the remake. The or, remake? Well, it's a sequel. The sequel. Twenty ninety nine or twenty forty nine. Glorious. Yeah. Fucking glorious. I thought it was great. <laughs> it's not. I Did mean, you not like it, Logan. Dude, it's not what, the original. What, what, but what, what, you wouldn't want the, it to be. What's the actor's name? He he was Harrison in, Ford is his name. No, no, <laughs> not that <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Uh, the, the Sigourney guy, Weaver. The guy that was uh, 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 he was in uh, uh, fuck. He said Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Or Jared Leto. No, uh, yeah. he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was Drax the Destroyer. Dave. Oh. Oh, Dave Batista. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every movie that man is in, he busts through a wall. Is he? <laughs> he just like <laughs> breaks through a wall. I didn't even know he was in it. I Me neither. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's like, a stupor. Uh, are you saying you want that written into the comic? You want to bust through a wall no, at some I'm point? Just yeah, saying, you do, actually. Like, I'll not, show you the page. I just I'm just, just saying not, yeah. every, yeah. not every Logan big wants guy to be needs to right bust now. through a wall. Oh, this is this is something that, is that has come up before. This is something that has come up before. 
It's it's yeah, you th- you and you've mentioned this before that you think it's a stereotype of the big guy to be the strong guy. Mm. Yeah, to be like the mountain, yeah. the mountain Maybe of a man. Maybe he's the sensitive man. Yeah, <laughs> like Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Maybe he's the one with the mind control powers. Maybe For he's real. the one with the invisibility powers. Why that is, does, that is valid. Maybe he's yeah. the one who can fly. Why does he just have to be the big guy just, that just gets the big, beat up and the, can like the big punch guy people? Is this is the, the social issue stuff we were talking oh. about. You know, I am so. Sorry, get political. I'm stereotyped. I'm right? so Pitching sorry for the way yeah. that I've presented you. It's okay. But you like having robot arms, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, cool. pretty, that's cool. pretty cool. You can break right? the robot with your mind now. You know, yeah. Yeah, maybe. do you want to know honestly what I based for your... This is going to be a tender, like, lifelong best friends moment. Oh, okay? shit. And it's gonna, <laughs> so, disclaimer. Do you, know, do you know what the main inspiration for your, like, character powers was? If you talk about my dead dog, I'm going to punch you in the no, face. No, 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 no. <laughs> that does not seem like a friend moment. <laughs> no. When we were kids, we used to look through the fucking Marvel character cards in, in your Mar- book. Marvel masterpieces. Yeah, the Marvel yes. masterpieces and the flares and all that stuff. And no. we would sit around and we would make up stories. We would talk about the actors that would play them in movies. Like, we would sit around and talk about that stuff and talk about, like, our favorite characters, right? Like, we were really into their stats and their powers and things like that. Sounds made up. And when when we were kids, <laughs> I remember you specifically saying that you really liked Strong Guy who had the power where like every time he got hurt it just made him stronger and he could turn his arms into guns. You know you you brought that up when uh-huh. we first were talking about developing yeah. characters. Really? So. Yeah, I was okay. like I was okay. like I remember Logan really liking this guy when we were kids. I think I, I, I just thought yeah. it was a weird take on it, you know? Like yeah. like oh I, I remember this and I, I just thought like all the big guys were always like punching through walls mm-hmm. and like right, smashing right, right. shit and it's like, so, yeah. yeah, just a just a big, mean, angry guy that crashes through the walls and, and yeah. is always getting beat up and stuff like that. <laughs> and people just are like, why are you always stepping on things and crushing everything? <laughs> like the Juggernaut. The juggernaut is easily the most misunderstood character. I fucking all. love the Juggernaut. <laughs> Juggernaut's yeah. pretty cool. I love the Juggernaut. Yeah, Juggernaut's a pretty cool character. Who, who, yeah. Who's your guys' favorite like bad guy from old school comic Ooh, that's books? that's a fun question. Mm. Bad guy. Hmm. Um, like, I, I mean, I have many, like like Magneto, Juggernaut, uh, Mr. Sinister. Yeah, was Mr. Sinister, Sinister, Sinister is yeah. badass. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse was always a fun yeah, that I enjoyed. Was was and they cool. fucked him up in that movie. Did they? That, well, shit, I was I like that movie was garbage. Yeah. Was it? Garbage. Dude, and that's the fucked up thing, is they have to maintain their licenses, so they are like encouraged to make shitty movies. Yeah. Like to, to like, like maintain their... like Roger Corman movie. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever watched that before? Have, it's yeah. fucking amazing. God, that's by far a, the best Fantastic Four. Maybe on YouTube now. That's where I've seen it Which one is the... In, what was that, like 93, some early 90s? Um... Roger Corman had the rights to, uh, or fucking oh, whatever. Yeah, had the I rights know what to. It's actually in Arrested Development. They make there's like a whole in series joke about it. But uh, they, in order to maintain the rights to the Fantastic Four, they had to have just made some fucking movie mm-hmm. within you know the allotted time, or, or, or else their contract would expire. And they hired, you know, they whole, hired a whole production team. Uh, 
Project Corman produced it. Um, yeah. And, and they just made a really out. shitty, they like really shit spectacularly yeah. shitty Fantastic Four movie that they had never intended to release, but right. like all the actors and, it was and like the people a on the production of, team. Like, foam rubber oh, for the thing. The, the yeah. thing yeah. looks yeah. fucking great. In yes. the, but yeah, no, they, because uh, everybody was like, cool, I mean, I was in a fucking Fantastic Four movie. Right. And then never, it never got released. And I think they like had to cater their own. It's like the actors were like catering <laughs> the fucking rap party it's or something like that. It was like, yeah, yeah. It was like something like just. Sad. Well, 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 now you got to answer who who was your favorite villain in comic book history? Yeah, yeah, that's a tall that's order. A, that's, yeah. a, that's a question. Uh, but somebody comes to mind. I don't know. <laughs> I really, I don't know, um, man. I've liked so many bad guys, dude. I really liked. I never even read a comic with Mastermind in it. But I really liked the idea of mastermind. Hmm. You know, I, I liked mean, the idea of like, a, like, a, like diabolical illusionist. Like, hmm. I thought that was really cool. You no, know? My, my answer oh. is, is I like Judge Death, actually. Judge Death. Oh, nice. Of course, it's fucking Judge Death. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I didn't really uh, appreciate Thanos and, until. Like I like the the new take the franchise took. Yeah, like I agree. A, like original like the in the original book like he's old, very old, much more super villain. He's in you know? yeah, yeah. well, he's in love with death, yes. right? And he's mm-hmm. trying to impress her. <sighs> yeah, which I thought. I mean, that would have been a really cool way to take I mean, it too. That really made him a dark side rip rip off. Yeah, yeah dude, yeah. bad guys have changed so much. Do you yeah. follow Wisecrack on on YouTube at mm-hmm. all? There's this really cool thing that they did on a philosophical deep dive of of just like uh, villains in today's oh, we society. This together, yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. it's really cool. I I won't butcher any of the concepts in it by trying to hmm. spit them out, especially <laughs> Taskmaster. Right but, but yeah, no, definitely check it I'm out. I'm giving you Taskmaster. <laughs> All right, so I can't say I can't say I loved him, but mm-hmm. but I always liked the idea of him. So he he's a villain who has like a Task skull master. face. Yeah, basically any move that he sees anybody do, he can do it immediately. So, like, you know, a Captain America shield with, like, the bouncing off the angles. Nobody else can pick up the shield and do that. Taskmaster sees it once, can he immediately can do, do it. it. Yeah, so anybody he's fighting, if they do a move, then it's his move. And I always thought that that was kind of a cool thing. I, I like that. Well. That's, like, that's like Mega Man. Preemptive kid. strikes. Um, that's like yeah, Mega yeah. Man shit. Like, you can... Like, what I always loved about Mega Man, and I sucked at Mega Man, but I loved watching Logan play it, uh, is, like, I loved... Still the shit. Are you good at Mega Man? Dude, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I loved, awesome. I loved yes. that I do you would Mega beat... I Mega Man skilled player. I would love that you sorts. would beat somebody, and you would get their ability, and then that ability would help you beat another guy. Oh, that's cool. That was just such, like... Oh, it was great. When I loved that. That was very Highlander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that happened to me. I beat the guy, and then I got Fireman's. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Okay, so Deathstroke from DC. He was a Teen Titans villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved him. Deathstroke? Yeah, so uh, I, I, this has been disproven since, but in the 80s, there was that thing of, like, um, we human beings only use 10% of our brain. Mm-hmm. So the idea was this dude was, like, in his 80s, but he used 90% of his brain. Oh, yeah. So, so he was. It was basically like having super soldier serum. Right. Uh, he got a really good showing in the old Teen Titan, like the eighties Teen Titans, but also in uh, Crisis Identity Crisis. Uh, uh, the uh, game Identity no, it, Crisis. No, it's a. It was a the movie identity. It was a com- It was a comic book like novel where uh, somebody gets killed, and then everybody like Superman, Batman, they're all trying to figure out who you know who committed the murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the elongated man man's wife gets killed so mm-hmm. they're trying to figure it out and death deathstroke comes in and um like dismantles the jla 
in like five minutes and he has no powers. You know, that's just like how badass he is. Mm -hmm. He's one of the few characters who successfully knocked out mm -hmm. Batman. You know? Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. He's, a, he's a badass man. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, so he was but definitely one of my. That favorites. brings up like the anti-hero question, like like Venom and Punisher, and oh. like like the the characters that are not good but not mm. bad. You know, mm. chaotic neutral. Chaotic I mean, neutral. <laughs> exactly. Now let's I get into Dungeons Gambit. and Dragons. I loved Gambit. <laughs> I should point out that Deadpool is sort of a ripoff of Deathstroke. Really? Yeah. So Deathstroke is named Slade Wilson. Deadpool's name Wade Wilson. Mm -hmm. They have <laughs> sort of similar masks. They're both assassins. Uh -huh. Yeah, when they, when Rob Liefeld created uh, Deadpool, he was basically channeling Deathstroke. But yeah. the personality well, came but you, Deadpool's through. Yeah, but the personality came later, right? Like, so if you yeah. read like yeah, early Deadpool. the early Deadpool yeah. stuff, he's just like a badass yeah. assassin. Yeah. yeah, he was just Deathstroke light. Yeah, right. And then, yeah. And then in later years, people added like the funny, like, yeah. you know, fourth the, wall breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The humor to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you ever, uh, do you ever read Promethea? Have you I read did Promethea? Read it. I love the idea of, uh, it's less of a character and more of an organization. I feel like it's uh, Alan Moore teaching us about his religion of magic. <laughs> yeah, Alan Moore is a crazy shit in fucking that book. Yeah. nut job, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I love the insanity of that book. Yeah. It is so fun. But do you think he's watched the Watchmen TV show? I think he would like it. I think that too. I'm yeah. wondering if he's. I was going, like, if he like, hadn't been so screwed over by DC, right, right. he um, would love this. I was show. having this exact right. conversation last yeah. night, actually. Yeah. Wow. Um, like he probably resents the shit out of it. Do you well, guys know like, about how he got screwed by DC? No. Watchmen? What, what is it? So they promised. So he created original characters for the Watchmen. He wanted to use um, like existing characters that DC had just gotten the rights to. Mm -hmm. They were like, like 40s Golden Age stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. uh, and but he, the stuff he wanted to do with them, they were like, well, we can't do that with those characters. So he created original characters. They wrote in his contract that he would own Watchmen once it went out of print, and but it was this surprise hit. And it's always been a hit. Right. And they've never let it go out of print because they don't want it to give him the rights to mm -hmm. it. So he's supposed to own Watchmen. <laughs> but and so now it's been 40 years. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, give That's or take, right? Pretty I mean, cool. is, <laughs> yeah. what, pretty what cool. is he getting for it? Like, um, is he, is he still, he's getting nothing no. for it? Yeah. I mean, um, so it's, it's DC. Like, it's DC's thing, you mm -hmm. know? Like, They're the, just like, yeah, sign on the dotted line, kid. I'll make you a star. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it was supposed to, like, revert to him. You right. Know? And so, well, there, uh, there's, and there's the comic. The whole entire comic book industry is nothing but stories like this. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and there's interviews. A bunch of, of that stuff came out after Stan Lee died. Like you know, <laughs> oh, as soon as yeah. like before Stan Lee died, everyone was just kind of like, oh, he's just the sweet old grandpa, I mean, and he's the greatest thing. Everybody, everybody knows about Stan Lee. Yeah. You know, like. I don't think it reached. I don't think <laughs> I don't it know. reached public awareness. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think but it the reached whole time the awareness. Like, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think hey. it. Excelsior! Hey, man. That's what people remember. He's great. He was a great show. You know, he's my like, superpower is. Stealing people's <laughs> shit. Stealing, stealing money from people, from artists. You know what my superpower is? All his money Raking it in, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when Stanley You know what my Marvel. superpower yeah. is? Yeah. You knew. Uh -huh. Sexual harassment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. What an awful they're, superpower. Like, they're like okay. Yeah. What if you were born a mutant? Like, you're born a mutant. <laughs> but your mutant ability is outlandish sexual yeah. harassment. <laughs> 
Like you don't like this does is, Xavier is, let you into comic, like is that this is a would be a way to talk about some shit. Like is that is that like you know there are those that powers that are nothing. <laughs> Say what? Is that what Rape Man is about? Oh yeah, I forgot. No, that's the Japanese character. <laughs> is I that mean, like that's <laughs> Rayman? I don't know. I've Ray- never I've never oh of course I've never read you know one page of it, but that's that, I've I. heard of Rape Man just that's through Steve Albini. That's an actual character. I'm a fan of Steve Albini and his work. So like he had a band that he named after Rape Man and that did not go so well. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. You they know, probably like, didn't last I mean, the name long. of his album is Two Nuns and a Pack Mule for Christ's sake. Oh. And the name of the album is Rape Man. Didn't I see Two something Nuns out here? Mule. That, that rape like, in a name? That's the right. Seems like a really, really bad <laughs> idea. Out, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the history of bad ideas, it's near the yeah. top, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I think it's a, yeah, it was a Japanese uh, manga character. I don't know anything about the character. Oh, it's though. a Japanese manga character. Yeah, yeah manga wow. characters are insane, though. Yeah. Like, have you ever watched Devil Man? No. Like, My, that is, that, or like Legend of the Overfiend oh, yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Those are like crazy. the most My, uh, violent and disturbing like pieces of art out there. And that's like part of the whole the, purpose. At the gallery of is yeah. like a huge Devil Man fan. Okay. Where I was like, oh, we're working into like a public, there's like a, there is a nice organization that funds this gallery. Oh, yeah. Like, right. we can't be. Oh man! The What's thing. funny is there's a nice organization that puts those films out. Oh yeah, like dude, like really, really successful, like big budget anime films mm-hmm. are yeah. are huge worldwide, oh, yeah, and yeah. they're the like most insane, surreal, disturbing, violent I mean, films out there. Know. They can be on the extreme end. Delivery man. service is nice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what are we? What are well, we looking I have, at? I have a I have a quick question. Okay, All right. what's it gonna take? To get a ROM movie made for fuck's sake. ROM. ROM. Wow. Ron? Well, when you're, when you're talking about your favorite, like, you know, villains you or whatever, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Dire Wraiths. The Space like, Knights. And it's, and it's, I mean, we're talking to like intergalactic sorcery. It's really geeky. <laughs> the Dire Wraiths? I mean, if. if Did if, you know ROM? No. But. <laughs> Yeah, the Space Knights. Spa- Rom. What is what is Rom about? Talk about that. <laughs> the Knights of Space. You 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 don't want me to talk about that. I, I, I you, you really don't because I've, I've already bored my fucking bandmates to death with this shit. Uh, he's a space you, robot. You really do not. Yeah, he's he's probably the least popular, least interesting uh, character in the Marvel universe. I bet it'll be an Easter egg in a Guardians movie eventually. Yeah. I, I was gonna say like Guardians of the Galaxy is like kind of the universe. Yeah, I mean part they, of the universe. They brought Howard the Duck in. They brought in the Collector. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's right out there on the periphery. Right, (laughs) they did. uh, They did the wrong. They did the. The Watcher too. Is that what the character? I was going to say. You think think we'll? You think we'll ever get to Earth X the movie? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like (laughs) maybe we at Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, Earth X obviously is a further stretch than that. But like, well, if I mean Disney Plus is doing what if? Yeah, 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 maybe. I mean, are like, they, okay, they really? They do like infinite Earth. You know? Here, yeah. here's here's a question. Wow. Here's a question for a closing roundtable discussion. All right, Disney Plus. I want to talk about Dark Horse Comics too. Oh, okay, so. cool. Did so because so, do they have a, do they have a deal with Disney Plus? Oh, I mean, yeah. That, uh, Some of my favorite ones were Alien versus Predator. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like Predator versus Terminator and yep. all those ones yeah. where they like cross like. 
universes. I remember and, distinctly like, as a child thinking did not work as movies, but definitely no, worked as were, comics. I the think they're fine. I will, I'll defend the Avengers. Uh, I enjoyed it. For sure, all right, you know, it, like, it wasn't like <laughs> film like the the movies that it came from, right? Right, right. right. But it is silly and fun. It's yeah, basically yeah. Freddy uh, versus Jason, like you know, exactly. Like that. Freddy yeah. versus Jason was a fun night at the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really good but time going to that movie. Dark Horse Comics, my favorite ones that I still own are Newt's Tale. The two, tell, yeah. the two books that, man, I'm, I'm gonna go home and fucking that. read Newt's Sale. It was mm-hmm. like, it was like the alien story from Newt's perspective. Oh, oh, oh. oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, that, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. It was. Yeah, I didn't so, know that one. No, cool. So, yeah. So, how do you guys feel about Disney Plus? How do you feel about what they are setting forth to do and like basically buying up? All the properties that they possibly can and pulling them into their umbrella. Disney mm-hmm. minus. Like, well, <laughs> more like Disney minus, if you ask me. What are your What are your predictions? What are your thoughts on it? Like, what 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 are your misgivings? What are your the, the, the things that you're stoked about with it? It seems like it doesn't require predictions. It's already very successful. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. right. It's pretty and amazing. I'm, I'm not even talking about Baby Yoda. Right. Like, yep. Yeah, Mandalorian's dope. But, no, but that's, like that's, that's all I got, yeah, man. Yeah. Big fan. Like, 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 I think they need to produce more comment or content. Uh, content. Uh, they will. Yeah, I mean, the, they will. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Marvel yeah, stuff. I mean, I, I know they have the the money, but like Mandalorian. Oh yeah, and like Beauty and the Beast and all like crap <laughs> that everybody's seen. Well, you know what I think is like too. It's like that now with just another really huge streaming platform being out there. I'm ready for in a year and a half when Comcast is what you have to get all this shit again. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, all of these are going to become unified ultimately through some service. Right. And there's that money still out yeah, there. Yeah, because you, know? you remember like like eight years ago, we were all like, cable sucks. I want to just be able to choose the channels that I want. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we can. We're like, do I have to get another streaming service? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really funny to me. Yeah. Okay, so. And, 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 it's, and there's like choice paralysis too mm-hmm. it's like there are so many goddamn things oh, on yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. if you if you just have netflix that's a that's crazy enough but if you yeah. have like like a streaming interface like an apple tv or yeah. a fire stick mm-hmm. or a roku or whatever and you just have endless Everything. choices it's like i don't even know where to start yeah what i like about the whole disney plus thing uh-huh. is is they are going to Rookie dump of the year. They are going well. They're going <laughs> to dump a shitload of money into some of our favorite things. Mm. Yeah, and they've done great stuff with the Star Wars properties. Definitely, and they I are, enjoy it. They are interested in creating the most maximally successful content they possibly can, and they're going to dump so much into so much of the stuff that we like. I'm going to watch good. all their Marvel stuff. I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Am. I will say this is tangential to your question, but it's interesting to me. Uh, the John Carter of Mars movie, yeah, yeah, like it was super shit upon. But when I watched it, I enjoyed it. I, I haven't watch watched it. the movie I yet because I heard it was Zeta shit upon. Yeah. You know? I liked it. Okay, and so then I was like, the books are great. Yeah. Uh, well, so I read the first one this year for the first time, and I liked it. Then I read the second one, and there was a— I've only read the first one. Oh, in the second one, there appears a hideous black Martian race that kidnaps the white Martian race, the women. Mm. And so I was like, I don't want to read any more of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, isn't he—he's supposed to be— He's like a confederate. He, he's a confederate soldier. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so when he's meeting them, he's like, yeah. he says, like, the black race is exceptionally handsome, which is strange for me to say as a southerner, you know, like that kind of right, stuff. Right, 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 yeah. right. And so, uh, so yeah, I discontinued reading those Maybe books. that. Uh-huh. But the, the movie, I really liked a lot. And so I was wondering why it was so shit upon, right? And so there is actually a book about why the movie 
didn't do well. Hmm. So it turns out that um, basically they were look- Disney was looking at John Carter to be their boys' property, like their boys' toy property. Right. Um, and in the midst of it being made, they bought Marvel. And so then they were like, we don't need this movie anymore. No. Oh. And so they didn't advertise it. They didn't, they didn't push do anything. It. Yeah. No. Yeah. They just let it get finished and come out. And so uh, I think that's why it failed, right? Because they were like, oh, well, we got these Marvel things. We don't need it for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like 100% right. a way that a movie will fail. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, because when what you watch it. with that fucking Judge Dredd movie, man? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know about Jake and Judge Dredd, right? Wait, um, what? I just like it a lot. That is, oh, I, don't okay. like, I don't like work on it or Dude, anything. Dude, Judge, <laughs> Judge Dredd is a big influence which, on which our book. One? Yeah. <laughs> which one? Which one? Which Judge Dredd? Yeah. Judge Joe Dredd. <laughs> Judge, Judge, Judge Mildred. Okay. Judge Mildred. Judge um, Mildred. Are, are we talking about the Stallone joint? Or? Oh, the well, the comics, but just in general. Uh, uh, I like yeah. both of the movies, though. I think that the Stallone one is very stupid, but it's got the fucking cursed earth in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, this, dude, like, those I, movies were still fucking rad as hell for their time. Oh, yeah. Like, like anything Stallone touched. Yeah. Wait, anything yeah. Schwarzenegger touched. Yeah. Gold, well, man. I would say any convention where you see somebody walking around with a commission, a sketch that has Judge Dredd on it, you know immediately that Jake drew it. Yeah. That, like they've been did, by Jake's I, table. Yeah. That's how much for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And yeah, then he would be I like, know. you know, like you can get uh, anybody you want as a Judge Dredd character. Yeah. So people would be like, I want the Wonder Twins as Judge Dredd, and Jake would be like, Okay, let's do it. Yeah. I just made that up. Yeah. You did one. Oh, no, no. I did one twins of the. Because I, after I switched to, I'll just draw the heavy metal version of whatever your oh, okay. character is. I did a heavy metal Wonder Twins. Nice. Dude, that was one Activate. of my favorite things Activate. about doing the <laughs> yeah. um, about doing the convention with you, Jake. Uh-huh. Was like sitting and watching the side hustle. Yeah. It's so cool. Like it's, you go to these conventions and it's just like. Like, they're there to show off their book, and they're there to do talks, but at the end of the day, it's like, I got to do these talks and do these things so I can get people to come by my table and yeah. pay, me to, pay me to draw shit yeah. or, or buy my books. Because you're, you're there to make money. Right, yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, and yeah. you, you pay money number, to be there. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so just everybody there is just grinding all day long. Yeah. and just it's exhausting. Wa- watching you do that <laughs> was like, man, that was, that was just an exciting thing to be a part of. What man. convention did you go we did, to? Uh, we did we Dink Together. Dink together. Cool. Okay. Yeah, because, and you know the the, I think the book got got pretty good responses. Yeah, I think a lot of people walked away with it, and mm-hmm. I felt good about it. And yep. it, cool, dude. It was a lot of fun. I mean, that convention was really a lot of fun. Dink is a fucking amazing show. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say uh, the the panel that you drew with me and my dog, and uh-huh. we were, like riding around in my car. Uh-huh. Like, I was just like. Fuck this. <laughs> Have you watched your escape from the lab? Yeah, Have you watched yeah. that or looked cool. at that? I, I have it here, yeah. actually. It, it hit me pretty close to home. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I was just like, I, like I was sitting on my couch with uh-huh. my wife. And I was like, I can't, I can't look at this. Uh, right okay, now. okay, uh, right, right here, enough. right here in front of God and everybody. Do you want me to cut that out of the story? No, no, I absolutely will. I mean, it's very personal, but it's, I, I really it's, don't want to do. And this is something well, that I am. This is something that I'm a little afraid of. Is I have made the book very personal in a no, lot of aspects. No, 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 I that's, think that's okay. an interesting thing and about I, it. Actually, like, I, I also don't care who knows shit about me right so. that's why Kevin Smith and Ben Affleck didn't talk for over a decade is that true Whoa. yeah yeah. Because, Kevin, because Smith, Kevin Smith put personal stuff. Well, he talks. You know, he just talks about everybody, everybody's business all the time yeah uh, and he said something that got Ben Affleck in some kind of trouble and then they didn't talk like, what kind of trouble yeah do you know uh, it was like what? controversy I can't remember what it was it was something about like 
uh, it was kind of like a cancel culture attack on Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I remember like it was something like he came like he came out um, speaking uh, speaking up like in Me Too, like when Me Too it was, was really going de- hot. I think it was definitely before Me Too started. Oh, it but, was. Okay. But yeah, but because I, I know something like that came out. Yeah, too. I mean, it, you could search it. Kevin Smith, but the, they didn't make up until this most recent Jan Silent Bob movie. Oh, oh really? Kevin Smith was about. Um, I think two weeks into that movie. Right. And um, he was talking. Oh, and then the producers, the woman who's producing it was like, hey, you know, Ben Affleck, are you going to try and reach out to him? And he's like, I don't think he'll talk to me. And so he was like, reach out to him anyway. So Kevin Smith uh, writes this tweet to Ben Affleck. And I think either his wife or somebody was like, why would you tweet to him? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's the that problem. choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so he, he erased it and then he texted him. And then Ben Affleck responded, like, you know, favorably. Sure. Right. And then he came and was in the movie. So then Kevin Smith had to, like, write a part for him really quick. Mm, right. And the movie, they were filming in, like, Louisiana, so it wasn't even convenient for Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. But he said he showed up and he knew his lines and he really killed it. And it wow. Was, they were, yeah. How much nice How story. much do you put of yourself <laughs> into your stuff? This, I mean, because this is an important question. Is that This is new to me. Uh-huh. You know, telling a story. But I also, I also feel I have the right and the responsibility to tell stories that are based on my experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that we have a responsibility in whatever we create uh-huh. as is our art is our opportunity to communicate our perspective to the mm-hmm. world, right? Yeah. It, it, in, to a large degree. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that involves telling stuff about your personal experience that involves bringing in character like experiences that you've had in your life and characters like what is your feeling about the limit to which you put yourself Mm. into your art I think I'm only interested uh, if it serves the greater story right right Mm -hmm. so uh, I wrote in the new Burning Metronome there's a story where uh, two guys are in a fight in a bar it's a white rural dude and a black suburban dude mm-hmm. and then they're certainly brought into this sort of magical world and have to um, uh, they see glimpses from each other's lives like what led up to these current conflict mm-hmm. right and so for the and it was like microaggressions all the way around right so for the black dude it was things like um, white people being like hey you know who you look like Chris Rock you know right, who you look right, like right. Jay Z right those are definitely things people have said to me. Mm, right, right. And those are ridiculous. So at this point now, <laughs> when a white person is like, you know who you look like? I'm like, don't. Don't I, fucking I don't, say right, it. Right, right. I don't even care. Uh, do you do you know? that? Do you stick <laughs> Sometimes. Shh, yeah. Just put your finger right. on their lip and right. shush them. Uh-huh. So that was really from my life. And then uh, there was a time I was uh, at some place in Lodo that I don't think is there anymore. But like uh, there were B-boys performing there. Like right. break dancers, right? And so I'm at the bar getting water. And this white dude turns to me and he's like, Hey man, you were really killing it out there, and I was like, "Oh, uh, I wasn't one of the dancers, <laughs> right?" So that's fine. He made the mistake, mm. but then he argued with me. Oh, no, whether or not no, you were there, you were out there. You were one of the ones. Uh, oh yeah, there. I'm sorry, dude. I was <laughs> right. just amnesia. Uh, you oh, know? you're right. I was <laughs> right. Right. Fucking idiot. Yeah, so, I've heard. I've heard that. Um, People in Japan think that all American white people look the same. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm that? saying. The mistake is not the problem. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's arguing with me about it's my own about identity. It, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And right. that's like, I mean, for what purpose? Because he right. just wants to be right literally right. every single time right. his fucking mouth opens. Is that what the <laughs> or, or he's like, like he's, he thinks you're, he thinks you're <laughs> think trying to pull one over right on him. Right, right. He's like, uh-uh, nuh-uh, you're, no. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to tell me I don't know what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, liar. Right. So another story where somebody like at least 
least dealt with it graciously. Uh, Comic Fest, before Denver Comic Con was here, Comic Fest is part of Star Fest. It was like a little hallway of a comic convention. Yeah, yeah, right. So I was walking through there. This is maybe eight years ago or something. So I'm walking through it, and uh, there's an artist, and I'm just there as a fan. There's an artist who is at his table, this white dude, and I'm walking by, and he says, hey, how was lunch? And I was like, what? And he was like, uh, oh, oh, I've made a mistake. Right? <laughs> Which is fine. Like, he made his mistake. Mm-hmm. But it, it is kind of funny because the person he mistook me for was a black artist who had been sitting beside him. So this was Saturday. Yeah, yeah. All day Friday, they were sitting beside each other. Uh-huh. Right. And then all day Saturday, up until the point that this guy got up and went to lunch. So he thought he went to lunch and changed his clothes and his face <laughs> and became yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. uh, kind of like, uh, you have, you have, right. this is a fuck oh, up on your But at least, like, at least, like there's, it was gracious. Yeah, at least immediately on, like, he was like, oh, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh-huh. You know, I, I, you know, I think that's such a, like, important thing to remember across discourse mm-hmm. is just be gracious right mm-hmm. yeah just you make mistakes be, yeah people make mistakes be cool acknowledge and not like i've been learning more and more over the years like how important it is to just drop the need to defend mm-hmm. yeah. there's nothing to defend For sure. right you know it's like it's That's like a big thing you know seeking being able to admit that you're wrong about anything is fucking seeking know, to understand yeah. <laughs> you know yeah the need to be right is contagious uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, because we get our identity wrapped up in it, mm-hmm. you know, and that is, and that's something that I've run into. I was talking to Damien from uh, the Blind Staggers yesterday, and at, at, early on in our conversation, we talked about running out of ideas. You know, he's like, he's like, I've done this. I've done this, uh, you know, a drunk, sad guy, you know, fuck up thing for so long, and I'm not doing that in my life anymore. He's like, I, I've, you know, I'm a barber and I'm raising my kid and I'm just a dorky old stay-at-home dad, and I, you know, I've I've got to find something else to write about. And and I understood what he was talking about because to a certain degree, I'm like, I don't know anything, and the longer I go, the more I realize that I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> and so it can kind of stall me out, first of all, in, in like, I can't commit to an argument for shit. Like, <laughs> I used to love to argue, uh, but now I, you know, I just get to the point where I'm just like, I, I, I don't even, I don't have the energy to do it. Right. You know, and yeah, and it's just like, so, so much of like, what, what jams me up is going what do I what do I really want to say and do I like I need to take it seriously that I am communicating ideas out to people's unconscious. Yeah. You know, that I am communicating ideas out into the world and I need to be responsible with that. You know, and then and like, that like how do I convey right. the subtleties of being a rad dad? <laughs> the subtleties of being a rad dad. So it's a very subtle. nuanced thing, so being a rad dad. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that product placement. That, yeah. was, that was really good. This That's episode brought to you by the Rad Dad Coffee Mug. Get it at raddad.com. Perfect plug. Raddad.com. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll call it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan, every week we do uh, the one for the homies shout out. Okay. Which is where we we'll, we ask our guest to throw a shout out to uh, a musician or some 
well, it's got to be something audio because we put it at the end of the thing. But, okay. You know, it could be a, a, a spoken word thing or... A, what what or, about the guy who did the... The soundtrack? Yeah, the soundtrack. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Just, that? like, uh-huh. give give a shout-out and we'll find something of theirs and put it at the end of the episode for okay. for people to listen to uh, while they're trying to figure out what podcast to listen to next. <laughs> mm. Well, uh, Lavelle Fleming uh, produced most of the music on the soundtrack. That's... L A V E L L F L A M O N. I don't know if he's done solo albums. He's like been in bands, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's sort of a specter when it comes to online. So if you cannot find stuff by him, then put an excerpt of Rod Serling's 1966 UCLA commencement address. Yeah. <laughs> nice. There you go. That's perfect. Mm, yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, Alan, Alan, Jake. Thank you guys. Guys, thanks so much. Thank you guys for having us. Thanks for coming on and hanging out. I don't get to plug somebody? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) again, you're the color commentator. Yeah, Jake, 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 plug something. What are you up to, Jake? No, he doesn't. Balonium. Look up fucking Balonium. You guys know that? Balonium's the shit. Uh, Balonium's great. I'm going to have Bonnie on here soon. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to talk to Bonnie, man. Fuck yeah. That'll be fun. Well, no, go ahead. Give a shout Polonium. out. Just look, look them up. They made a they made a bunch of music videos recently. They're fucking fabulous. But you really seized the moment there, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. Yeah. To, I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I, we'll you, throw. Do you think there's we'll White Castle cheeseburgers? <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw some baloney. Shout out to White Castle cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure to check out our Alan Brooks at what's your website? TheBurningMetronome.com. TheBurningMetronome.com. Make sure to check out Jake Fairley at. JakeFairly.com. Jake Fair- Do you really have a JakeFairly.com? No, I used to have a website that said JakeFairlySucks.com, but that did not help me at all. <laughs> Jake Fairly And that's also 69. Primus' uh, joke, too. So. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I like Jake Fairly Comics is what I'm at on Instagram, and fucking look me up on fucking nice. Facebook, bro. Yeah, and keep you know? your eyes out for our next fucking book, The Front yeah, Line's front a, good line's good a Good Times. Chapter 3. Uh, is going to be getting adapted into a motion comic soon, and it sounds like we're going to add it into a music video thing as well. That sounds awesome. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, you guys. Actually, we're going to do a bonus episode this week. Bonus. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but we're supposed to talk with um, Reed Wolf from Speed Wolf. You just jinxed it. That right. I just jinxed yeah. it. Is he, uh, Nobody's is he in town right now? He's coming, he's coming into town for a few days. Cool. And he hit me up and asked if I still want to do the podcast. Yeah. And uh, so he's going to come in and we're going to talk about shit. He's been... He's, he's been, been up he's to been some shit, shit, dude. Yeah, uh-huh. he has been doing shit, yeah. and yeah. I want to sit him down and pick his brain about that shit yeah. too. Yeah, Reed is a badass. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, thank you so much for listening to the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Gordo. Uh, I'm Frankenstein. <laughs> thank big shout out to Alan and Jake for coming and hanging with us. And Gordo, Ooh. I love and appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here, even though your dick hurt all the time. Yeah, it's dicks of the constantly, dick punch. constantly hurting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of the cock punch. Not yeah. really. <laughs> no, no. Hey, a cock punch might actually help in this situation. That's actually what they're going to do to break up the stones. Uh, oh, that, is that what they're going to do? They're do you just actually gonna have punch, They're going to punch me. Yeah, they're, they're going to they're going to punch me in the in the abdomen. Yeah. Yeah, and that's over gonna, and that's over That's going to just shake it loose, and they'll punch me again, and that'll break it up. Yep. Yeah. Such an upbeat note to end on. Yeah, I, 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 just, you guys want to, I love my kidney stone story. <laughs> I made a fucking comic out of the mm, uh, first suspect. All right. Well, y'all out there, go piss some rocks. We'll uh, talk to you next time, guys. <laughs> love you. Bye.
The motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the international power rock combo, Motherfucking Ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbins and Adam Zielinski. All music except homie shoutouts and featured artists is written and performed by MF Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support MF Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at MutinyInfoCafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 